now. Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. Buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ron and Fez back after a week. A week of uh, away from radio. Uh, get on the phone with us. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm back in here today. I am Ron Beddington with me, Fez Watley. Chris Tanley is back. Uh, is that a haircut, Chris? No. No, it's still five years going. Shave the scruff? No, it's still... I think it's growing quite nice this time around. Okay, so no big changes over the <laughs> over the holidays. Got caught up on some sleep. Well, I don't know if that is a holiday. As they, We went on holiday, but the world doesn't take a holiday. No. We take our own holidays. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we will uh, take your phone calls, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dan Albany, Ron and Fez show. Yo, buddies, I missed you. Hey, listen, real quick, Ichiban. A quick Ichiban. Ichiban. Yeah, Ronnie, how about a happy birthday to the one and only, the guy we all love, Mikey Boy. Mikey Boy, saint of the internet. And uh, Ron, real quick, yeah. can I just say, uh, we got to say a get well wish to bet I don't. The guy had a, I guess he got a little sick Saturday night and he's in the hospital. He's a big listener and a big fan. So we got Sick from what, dude? Uh, I guess he had a seizure, Ronnie. I'm not really too sure, but he's having tests run, and, you know, everybody thoughts and prayers, please. All right, dude, keep me updated. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of a good news, bad news there. Laying down a good news, uh, bad news thing. You never know, Hicks. Mm. You never know one second to or next what's going on in the world. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, just want to congratulate you now. Do you consider yourself a sharpshooter or a marksman? Uh, well, it's that close. It's neither. But either way, let's not make a big deal about that. The fact is, is I run on a no comment. I like to even say my team doesn't exist. Not even officially. What? Does not even exist. Like black ops, then. I don't. That's a word I don't even understand. 
I don't even comprehend that. Like covert operations. Yeah, but what I don't want to do is talk about anything that had to do with that. Congratulations, United States of America. Uh, Just I watched 60 Minutes last night, uh, and uh, apparently Obama is now the greatest uh, president in the history of the world. That there's been no greater president before and shortly after. I didn't know that till 60 Minutes, but it's uh, time for victory laps. Yeah, they laid it down. Um, when the president came to New York, he did the uh, firehouse that's right around the corner from us. Mm -hmm. The guys that lost, I believe, over... Well, I don't even want to get into numbers. I don't want to give the wrong number there. Uh, but um, it was a hell of a week. It was a hell of a week. Uh, Tom, Chicago, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, I had uh, took a pilgrimage to Molly's Cupcakes, and I gotta tell you, gave out the Ron Bennington for Mother's Day. Best best idea ever. You might be the best uh, child in the history of the world. There may be no other kid as good as you to their mother. Uh, here is uh, Brad. Brad, you're on the Ron Fez show. Brad. Hey, hey, yeah. buddy. Sorry about that. Uh, welcome back. I just wanted to see uh, Pep did something nice for his uh, mom on Mother's Day. Oh, that's fucking Good one. terrible. No, she's long dead. Do, do days like that bother you, Pepper? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So, you know, you got to hit him back. Just you know, pour one out and then, you know, rest into you. Now, you realize your mom is not one of the crips that you don't end up pouring something on the ground for. It. That's okay. That's, that's a little more respect. Oh, um, Wait, you know, confused. if she was alive, you would never pour stuff on her. Well, you would have—you poured it into a cup for her. Mm. There you go. That's where it comes from. Treat yourself. Um, although I've never known Chris Stanley to buy a drink. <laughs> Fitz, you're on the Run and Fez show. Fitz. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah. Uh, I just want to say hi to Fezzy. See how his week went. We haven't heard from him in a while, you know. Uh, Fez Watley, back on track. Uh, yeah, back in here. Uh, yes, uh, just my vacation was more just uh, surrounded by a medical team. So another cyst, uh, another big cyst grew on my body while I was away. All kinds of fun vacation things. Slap us in the face with the honesty, Talfez. Beautiful way to start it off. Um, boy, listen to my lies, my crazy lies, but what I did. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Bab Blake. Hey, Bab, what's happening? Blake, Rhode Island. Hey, it's you, Bond Buddy. Sorry. Uh, you know, there might be. Picks, we already might be having a lag on the phone, I've noticed. I've had to bring stuff up to people a couple times. Not a lot we can do about it. That's not a problem. <sighs> hey, uh, as of Wednesday last week, 202 Friends officially outdated. What you going to do about that, brothers? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for the concern. And for some reason, in the Twitterverse, I believe it's called. That's it. Uh, it seems to be great topic of worry and concern uh, because we've switched stations. We're now XM Q105 and Sirius 206. That's XM Q105, which means we're going to play more oldies for you every single morning. All right. Twofers? More oldies and fun. Cool. And I think then, like, Thursdays is trivia day. I don't know how the whole thing works out, and Fridays we find homes for pets. Oh, God, let's bring him in here. If we bring him in and we play with him, one of the listeners is bound to want to adopt him. Come on, nice little puppy. Who doesn't want one? It's a husky. Oh! Um, 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ichiban for you. Ichiban. Ichiban. Animal Kingdom, 20 to 1, long odds, wins the Kentucky Derby, pays $43 and what, 80 cents, I think. Did you watch the Derby at all there, uh, Oh, I was locked in. I was locked in even on Spike TV's four hours of pregame. Did you have uh, <laughs> any action on it? Did you able to get a bet in? I had action on... On Pants on Fire. Yeah, that's where I was pulling to. <laughs> I was pulling for Pants on Fire because one of the owners, uh, which can be anything in the horse yeah. world. <laughs> one of 50 uh, people. Yeah. It's like part of a syndicate. We own about two horses, <laughs> but there's fucking 72 of us, and we make $8 on the win. It's uh, basically a timeshare <laughs> on a horse. Uh, but that was a little rosy for the Jersey girl. Yeah. Uh, was was uh, riding that horse. I was pulling for it, too. Uh and it also looked like she got banged around in there. Oh, it was fucking, it was a train wreck in there. And the other horse I had money on, Arch, Arch, Arch. Well, I was thinking, this thing can fucking go all the way. It's not running the bad odds. Gets taken out in a fucking ambulance. Um, what ended up happening happen to that horse? It busted, it's, it's like, I believe the uh, the saddle got loose and it busted one of its first. It's got like it had a fracture in one of its front legs. It got banged around in the race itself. Now, does that necessarily mean it doesn't have to be put down, right? If uh, it's just a fracture. It might race again. So, but that, that does not look good. Now, for this I was discussing this uh, over the weekend. When a horse dies, they or when a horse gets hurt, they throw that like tent over it. Huh. And then whack it right there in the, on the track, right? Yeah, they'll fucking they'll take care of it real quick. Put it out of its misery. They don't shoot it, but they shoot it up with something. Mm -hmm. They give it a hot shot. Pump full of chemicals. Uh, but then how do they remove the horse from the track? They got like a forklift to carry it out of there. I guess they got a lot of SUVs riding around there, so maybe they might just drag it off onto the side. There's lots of gate areas to fucking go on to the track itself. <laughs> they should have the other horses pull it like pallbearers. Oh, that would be so sweet. I would really, seriously. Uh, I'd never get enough of that if that happened. Because it's almost like, because of cartoons, we kind of think that animals have a personality. Oh, cool, yeah. They do. Some are happier than others. Yeah, but we actually think that they communicate. That somehow a fucking mule and a bird become friends. I don't know. Well, they're making sounds. Why can't they understand each other? Because it's stupid as oh. shit. A fucking, you know, but now, you know, if you're a kid growing up, all the cars talk to each other, you know. Like, I guess if you're a little kid and you watch the movie Cars, and then if your dad wrecks the car, it's like a fucking death in the family to you. <laughs> oh, no. Um, here's Nathan. Nathan, you're on the Run Fest show. Shut it up, as you say. You're not staying in for say. You're staying in the moment. Yeah. Absolute pleasure to have you back. Missed you all week. And, uh, listen, I... I Often I, I get the opportunity to uh, take out terrorist leaders, and I was hoping that you might be able to give me a bit of advice on how to do that. Uh, I have no advice at all. No comment. Just leave it to the professionals. Uh. Now, do you know that the code word that they uh, used for Osama bin Laden just happened to be the same code word that we were using this week for our big surprise party for Laura? Yep. <laughs> they throw donuts at him, too? Who knows? Oh. You, you the point is this. It's it? over. Everyone yeah. can sleep like a baby. And if you'd like to, take a BB gun on an airplane now because we're totally fucking safe. Enjoy yourself like the old days. Uh, Al, NPA, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, hey, boys. Welcome back. Hey, uh, Charlestown, West Virginia. We got ourselves a little racino down there. 
uh, there last summer with the family, four couples, uh, enjoying some wine, betting some ponies, having fun. One horse gets injured. They come and kind of take it off on this stretcher thing. And babies are like, oh, wow, look at that. They're going to help this horse out. End of the night, another horse goes down right at the finish line. And this time they have a pole with a sheet between it, two poles. And the ladies are like, oh, look, they're going to take this horse to the hospital, too. And I'm thinking, I'm not thinking this is going that way. Yeah. And uh, dude brings a uh, shotgun out, or a rifle, shoots it. We have an angle on it where we can see behind the sheet. So we're just, guys are standing there, jaws down. You know, they just shoot this horse right there. And I look over, all four ladies cried. And that's it for the horse race. And that's what we're going to gamble the rest of the night, how to get a good time for ourselves. Forgot about the poor dead horse. But that's West Virginia, man. We're not playing any games down there. Um, yeah, I guess they don't have, they can't afford the chemicals in that part of the world. Let's get some buckshot. Uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie boy, how you doing? Good, man. Good. I work at the uh, racetrack in New Jersey, the Meadowlands, and when oh, a horse goes down, they put the big sheet up, the vets come out and shoot it once or twice with a drug, and then they have the car come out and they tie like a rope around the horse and they have like a pulley system that pulls it into the into the cart, and then they take it off, too. How long does that take? Uh, it depends how long it takes the horse to go down. Sometimes it has to be shot up twice. It might take about five minutes. Oh, so it's a really just like a pall comes over the entire track. <laughs> Jesus. Everyone starts to feel like a fucking, even a worse degenerate. Because <laughs> you're actually at a fucking racetrack. Like, now my addictions are getting animals killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing's useless. Get rid of it. Um... Uh, my uh, in Florida, my partner bought a old uh, ra one of the dogs from the dog track. Nice. And uh, because you know when they're done with those dogs, they're yeah. you know, <laughs> hey, if anyone doesn't want it, then we'll kill it. <laughs> so uh, he takes one of the dogs, and uh, the fucking funny thing is, if the dog ever got out of his yard, it was like a fucking bullet. <laughs> it was like to find that dog was almost impossible. That's fucking great. You couldn't. You could not fucking catch that dog if you're on a motorcycle. Eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. John, you're on the run fez show. Ron. Yeah. Uh, I hear uh, SEAL Team Six celebrated with a fine Cuban cigar. Can you explain? I uh, first of all, there's no such name as what you just brought up. That officially doesn't even exist. And two, there's not going to ever be any comment on me. Nothing. Uh, no. I just like to say the intelligence community job well done. You guys take a lot of heat over the years. Uh, it's done now. Now everybody can go and enjoy themselves. Or? No, I'm not interested in any of it. Really? Okay. I know exactly what that motherfucker looks like with his mouth open. Wait, so you've seen it? No. Uh, nothing happens. I'm what, just saying just, I know. Mm. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Matt, you're on my Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, um, why would you have to shoot the horse twice? It's laying there. You got a rifle. It may even have some sort of the... scope on it. Well, just, you know, aim it up and, and let it go. Well, here's what happens when they do it on the track. If a horse goes down and breaks a leg, it does need two bullets every time. One uh, in the brain yeah. and the other one in the face so his mom can't have an open casket. They have horse you caskets? get no fucking respect because you're a fucking rat.
course. And you cost a lot of people a lot of fucking money. That's true. Fuck up a super factor or pick six. Mike, you're on Fez. Mr. Bennington, I have a message from Black Hat. The message is, the chair is against the wall, and Johnny has a long mustache. I say again, the chair is against the wall, and Johnny has a long mustache. Mike out. Uh, you guys might have to finish this show without me. It looks like I've got a trip to make. That sounded like code. You hear that? We're using code names. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Danny. Once, twice... No, Dan. Try to call us back, Dan. Um, Todd, you're on Ron Fez. Hi there, Ronnie. Uh, If given the option, would you rather talk about the events of the last week or maybe discuss Fez's Christmas present for you? Events of the last week. I'll give a fucking... uh, I'll sit down. Is it still in that same place? Uh, I'll, I'll be one of those things where I'll have to fake my voice like, We had no idea whether he was going to be in the cop or not. Just in shadows. We came in out of the dark and right. No one could ever look fucking legitimate when they're doing that. No, you're, you're obviously lying. <coughs> you're a fucking creep. <laughs> no matter who you are, you're immediately a fucking creep when that goes down. Uh, we've got an unmasked to uh, put out there for Wednesday Early Wednesday morning. Uh, we always said we're not going to use the B studio and we're not going to go early in the mornings with these. Yeah. We're doing both. We're improvising and what we like to do is set up any kind of fucking rules for ourselves, break quickly. So this is like 9 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, two days away. 9.30 a.m. is when it goes. I'll be here by 8.45 a.m. Jesus, that's early. It's an early one, Ronnie B. Yeah, it is. That's awful early, especially for me. I know. I need a lot of sleep. I'm up to 5 o'clock in the morning, so I need those extra hours Jesus. during the daylight hours. Jesus. I don't sleep well when the unless the sun is out and I have to be somewhere. And then I can sleep like a fucking baby. And it's like a fucking... The only ambient. way that I could fucking sleep at nights if I had an appointment book for important things for me to do at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> then I would easily. If there was phone calls I needed to make... At 4 a.m., I'd be sleeping all night. All right. Uh, so, uh, Unmasked, uh, you need to go over to the Unmasked Show on the Twitter. Unmasked Show on Twitter uh, for the uh, announcement. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um Let's go over here to Rich, Long Island, your Ron Fez. Hey, Ron Fez, how are you? Welcome back. Ron, thanks for everything you've done over there. And Fez, did you find any money in that studio today that wasn't from your dad? That was from Opie and Anthony. Have a great day, boys. Don't let that get to you, Fez. By the way, lately I've been getting messages like Fez is from beyond, but they're rupees. I'm finding rupees all over. Holy shit. Uh... Really? That's Middle Eastern money. Hmm. Uh, Joe, Tennessee, you're on Ron Fez Show. Hey, welcome back, Ronnie B. I just want to give you Ichiban to Pepper. Yes. You did a good job this week, buddy. Oh, thank you. Everybody else on vacation. I heard something about the angry best ofs. I don't know if they're angry. I just, you know, try to convey all the information people need to listen to the Ron and Fez show and Best Stuff. What were some of the things that ran over Best Stuff? The Coffin Show. 
We played that for the first time in about two years. That was it's been a while. That's when Fez that. broke all of his fears by lying in a coffin, uh-huh. and that's why he hasn't had a bad day since. Mm-hmm. He uh, laid down in a coffin. That went perfectly. What else? Let's see. I replayed uh, the time Fez did monologues. Played that. Really played that earlier in the week when we had him uh, take some of the great monologues from film and reenact them. People seemed to like that. Uh, and what else? Let's see. I replayed. Um, replayed the time Fez show over Charlie St. Cloud, which people really loved. Uh, I don't even know who Charlie St. Cloud is. It was a really bad uh, film with that Zac, Af- Zac Efron about some little kid playing baseball that, with his dead oh, little brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that ever even come out on like regular TV? I it don't when think it, so. When it gets to HBO, sell. No, when it gets to HBO, let me know because I wasn't even that familiar with. The it was a children's movie, and for some reason Fez was furious about it. Well, the commercial for it was just on every other spot. It played constantly, and then no one went to see this. Oh, that's a Efron, though. <laughs> and every night, he plays baseball with his dead brother. Now, was that you repeating it, or did we go back into best stuff? That was me repeating okay, it. Okay, that was good. <laughs> That was good. I'm glad people liked it. The uh, showing up on HBO now is the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. And I will stand by the fact that I thought uh, G Baby was completely wrong on that one. That is a. F- and I get the fact that the fight at the end is a little too long. I, but there's some funny shit in that movie. I like the fight at the end. I thought it was fine. I mean, if that's, I mean, it was good. But the fucking fanboys just destroyed it fucking horribly. They beat the shit out of that fucking movie, and they didn't show up to give it any cash. Uh, well, they never do. He's not one of those big, uh, you know, no. blockbuster directors. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a Brit, uh, but it's uh, he's he's an amazing director. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. And Jason Schwartzman's great. But I will give G Baby this: he does move uh, perfectly with the fanboys. They're like a uh, a school of fish, mm-hmm. where they all turn the same way, and then back the same way again. Fucking hive mind mentality. Is that what it's called, hive mind? Hive mind, yeah. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hive of ants, and they all think the same. Well, first of all, they're not a hive of ants. Oh. It's a hive of bees. Oh. But ant hive. Oh, ant hill. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ants run in a gaggle. Really? No, that's oh. geese. Oh, okay. Just having fun with you. <laughs> I'm having fun with the school graduate. The uh, There was a thing in New York Magazine about basically saying a college degree is useless, and I was laughing real hard <laughs> just thinking about you and how angry you've been over the years. <laughs> it's really a fucking joke. How big is uh, how big is the VIG that they're running against you there? What do you owe? Um, not that bad. It's about 10, 12 grand. I owe well, you're, on the, you're on the way. The average is 22 grand, unless you went to NYU... Then, or one of those schools, and you're looking at about a C note. Fuck yeah, yeah. Then you're fucked. I don't even understand. But the very funny point of this about these college degrees, because some point we've gotten into the kids' heads, you have to go to college. You're worthless without college. They said not only do you go into college and you get this degree, which you know, depending on what you pick to do in life, a degree may be incredibly important. Yeah. I.e., a doctor, scientist. Yeah. Uh, but other places, it's not so important. Sales. So, uh, where, where quite a few of the people we know work. 
like about 90% of the yeah. people we know Most are in people. some kind of sales. Yeah, go right into that. But they said it also leads to the fact that people end up owning this huge nut. So they take a job for 20 years that they really don't like, but they just keep getting themselves more and more into debt. Yeah, and then, just, then they're just fucked because the fucking payments on these things are crazy. Now, I try to avoid the people that call me for money, so... That's probably that twelve grand is probably going to be going up. You're fucking too fast to take any test. Thank you. There's not a fucking test that you're not fucking quick enough to get out of. Yeah, it's useless. The fucking uh, college degree. It, that doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of money. Uh, Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I wanted to uh, uh, ask you because I tell you what, I really wish. I would have called on Friday with the Nietzsche bond prior to your guys' vacation telling you Osama bin Laden would be dead before the weekend was over. If I'd have said that, what would he have said? Radio psychic. Radio psychic. Radio psychic. Man, uh, that would have been great. It is an amazing turn of events. And again, if you saw 60 Minutes last night, it seemed very presidential. And he was extremely presidential almost leaning on cocky. Oh, yeah. And he took the thing at the very end of it. He goes, uh, they were asking him about, you know, uh, did we really need to kill Bin Laden? And he actually came back with a, you know, anybody who feels bad about this. More, and I'm, this isn't a direct quote. But his thing was they need their head examined. He actually went so far <laughs> that anyone who's kind of... Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the decision that he had to make was insane. Now, I'm sure Owen and I have talked about this uh, a while, but I think that picture of everybody watching it go down in the Situation Room is going to be one of the most iconic pictures of this generation. And the fact that no one knows who that younger girl is <laughs> and how she got into that room. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. But Obama's thing, if you go back and look at that picture, Obama looks like he's sitting on the bench of a basketball game. He's fouled out. <laughs> and they've got like 1.8 seconds to... And I'm trying to hold back any kind of fear that I possibly have. It's weird because in the photo, it looks like he got a really bad seat in the war room. Well, you just have to see that he's next to the general running the fucking <laughs> gig, right? Uh -huh. The general there has some something in front of him that he's getting information. So Obama just went over, sat next to him to look over his fucking shoulder. So it's definitely like not... Thing. It's so fucking um, compelling. That picture is phenomenal. And then that young chick in the back, how did she get in the room? What is her gig? Hey. Maybe she's just an aide. Snuck in. But in this country, it's an amazing thing that even when we do something really, really well, like this thing came off better than any of us would have ever hoped. There's no possible way we don't fucking tell pakistan what we're doing we go in there we actually have uh transportation problems still we get him we get everybody out and safe
I can't phenomenal they, deal. They sent people in. Was the fucking craziest. And when he said we sent in a surgical strike team or whatever the fuck he said, and there's people on the ground actually shooting this shit up, and no one got hurt. That's it's like no one video. on our side got hurt. It's like a fucking video game or some shit. Like it's nuts. It's literally like a first person shooter. <laughs> but I mean, this is what they were experiencing. They're watching that thing, but it, it, it's it's actually real. Now, the weird deal about it is like you're thinking like. Finally, Americans can agree on something. The disagreements are through the roof. Immediately. There's no reason to get political right now. Uh, it's certainly something that the... There's no reason that the, the place, just like blame, covers the board. So does credit here. Belongs to this president, the last yeah, president. Yeah. Everybody was. Everybody should be fucking... This is a good one. And then later you get back to work and you bitch about this and that. But as of right now, you should feel good. And yet, we already got conspiracy nuts. People uh, acting like, well, what if we would have done something else? He could have been taken alive. First of all, he should have had a fucking bomb dropped on his ass. That's what Period. I thought was going to happen. That's why Mitch do it like that. But this way, hey, guess what? These fucking kids, fucking guy. Yeah. It's done. You can go on TV and announce it. Steal the fucking body back. And the and even Al Qaeda has said yes. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's you got us. So I don't know where the controversy comes in. Now some of the people are just the regular, you know, the Michael Moore types or whatever. Uh, that are going to find something to bitch about. But the whole deal of, hey, you know what the SEALs should have done? You don't have any fucking experience that gets you ready for what should have fucking happened that day. Fuck no. I was a little weirded out watching everything with the celebrations that like just spontaneously happened outside the White House. That was great. <laughs> and Times Square. I was actually weirded out by that. To me, it just didn't seem like... Well, to me, I two things. I felt like the flag waving like that is what got us into Iraq. So I got a little bit nervous about that. And then also, I just... I get it. I know we got the guy, finally. But just... All, all the guys we lost in Afghanistan and Iraq, just thousands and thousands of soldiers, I just felt weird about just... People running out into the streets like that. So what would you have done? Broken up the crowd. I just, uh, just, I wouldn't have participated in that crowd. Well, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. So, again, everybody does things differently. There were, you know, if anything, it's a fucking lesson to you about what those crowds even mean in the Middle East. They're not the fucking regular people. Mm -hmm. There was no one in those crowds probably under 30, and very few people, I would say, over 25. There were kids running out of fucking college dorms yeah, and partying in the streets. Washington. It's like a keg party out there. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I had no problem with it, but I. But it, what interests me is how quickly people take your thing. You know what I mean? How quickly we get into what other people should be doing. Why not do it your own way? I mean... How many people, let's say, between D.C. and New York, how many people are in the streets, do you think? Oh, probably 5,000 altogether. And how many Americans do we have? 
Uh, 300 million. Yeah. So why are we focusing on what some kids are doing? And some, like, I I will tell you this. When the Phillies won the world fucking championship, there had to be a million fucking people out. Three million for the fucking parade. Getting fucked up. The following week. Hanging off the fucking things, going crazy. This thing was nowhere near as big as one fucking town that won. And yet, and I know you got it from the pundits and everybody's saying, well, this is disgraceful. But what would you do if you're the government? The last thing I think you want to do is go in and break that up. You just act like the people... Let the people fucking celebrate or mourn or whatever they want to do for any reason. Uh, when Obama came to New York, some people always politicize him. It was very low-key. He went over to some of the firehouses, met some of the people. It was very low-key. And that was generally how most people felt about this. I mean, we felt some amount of relief or justice. But 99.999% of us did not run into the street. Why do we focus on the ones who did? Well, then you have someone like uh, Richard Menenhall from the Steelers who tweets about it and then is dropped from the champion sports line. And there's people at ESPN saying the Steelers need to force him to apologize or cut him. Again, is that the norm? No. So you, but who, who do you want? Who who is the who do the beef that you have right now about that? What exactly did Mendenhall say? Well, Mendenhall said that you know uh, basically, I guess he said what I was saying that you know a guy is dead and people are screaming in the streets. He said a lot of things that right wingers say. Let God be the judge of this guy. We don't have to be the judge of him, and people are furious about that. What people? Uh, I've seen it on ESPN. So that's not everybody. Right. Most of us don't follow his Twitter, and ESPN has very little to do with this news story. Still going to draft him. It's, 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 when you get into this, everybody's mad. I don't think so at all. But again, the tweets get people in trouble for all kinds of shit because they have this... You know, his deal there is, what was the sports organization that dropped him? Champion. What do they do? Baseball cards? Football cards? I think they're like sporting goods. So, that's between him and them. I don't. I just don't see this as like a national crisis. And whatever fucking guy on ESPN said that he should keep his pie hole shut. This gets said up almost every day on ESPN about someone twittering. Almost every day, someone on ESPN who does nothing but fucking talk for a living and give their opinions is pissed about someone else giving their opinions. Um, well, here's what he said. What kind of person celebrates death? It's amazing how people can hate a man they never even heard speak. We've only heard one side. You see that as being right wing. No, I said the stuff of what he said about God was being very right wing. It was right, right but- out of the Bible that God judges people. Well, he has then. That would have nothing to do with us. Um, here's Kevin in Houston. You're in my face. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Welcome back. Hey, Fezzi, what the fuck does it matter what this guy thinks? He sent a tweet 
And I mean, who gives a shit? It's it's such a non-issue, and you're trying to make it an issue. I mean, it, it fucking happened a week ago now. Who cares? Because he's uh, lost a gig over it from saying that, you know, I don't feel right uh, celebrating in the streets over this. Then, then don't go out in the streets. Nobody asked his opinion. I mean, he gave it, but no, who gives a shit? But isn't that Champion. like... Champion. But it's... Again, we don't run fucking champion. We have nothing to do with them. They have their own, you know, it's probably one guy's decision there. But it's not like the people of the United States went to fucking champion and said, we want him dropped. Well, I don't know about that. We, we know. There I'm was, sure there was complaints about it. But we know there wasn't an organized fucking uproar to it, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, where Champion said, this man can't possibly represent us anymore. I've had that fucking said about things that I've done commercials here, too. I don't even... Do they let me do the live read yet? No. I think they're making a major mistake. Yeah. Those Carbonite things were unbelievable. Shadow Bougre, phenomenal. They want to dry read, it's up to them. I think it's a giant mistake. I don't see people fucking trading dry reads back and forth on the internet. Mm -mm. Um, I'll tell you this. Vendenhall ended the fucking season strong. I'll give him that. Fuck yeah. Rock it hard. Um, Justin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, what's up? Uh, he he ended that tweet with uh, something about planes don't make steel buildings collapse. I think that's where the problem is. So he's back to saying Bin Laden had nothing to do with this. Yeah, he's a uh, terrorist apologist, I like to call him. All right, so this thing ended up being more bittersweet for you than sweet. Um, yeah, it was just, I mean, I'm glad we got him, and I understand it. I'm, I mean, trust me, I'm thrilled we got him, and he's an evil that's gone from this world. But I just don't, it just felt like, like we were acting like other countries that we complain I, about. Again, you say we. 5,000 people out of three, 300 million. Mm -hmm. This was not a big fucking celebration. And it certainly was not an organized celebration. Oh, no. right. And it was nothing but kids. It seriously was fucking frat boy dude bros. And those blonde uh, fucking girlfriends of theirs. Uh, yeah, let's go down to Ground Zero. Get fucked up. And chant USA. Let's get a chant going. It certainly was. I, I, my only thing is, I get that you were upset with those people. I don't get where you say we were doing it. All right, yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said that. But it was those... Ch I, I guess here's what got me, is that I was in on those chants of USA 10 years ago, and I feel like that got us into invading a country, got how many thousands upon soldiers, thousands of soldiers killed in Iraq for a war we shouldn't have been in. And it just felt like it was repeating itself, so it made me unnerved. Mm. So the, really, this was a judgment of yourself, by yourself ten years ago. Absolutely. Right. So this is kind of amends that you... And I don't remember you running the street show in USA, and I was there with you at the start of the war. You might have said it on 
the radio, but a lot of people agreed with you that they, you know, felt like that we should went into that. But I don't remember you running into the street. You might have done a lot of stuff in your uh, in your personal life. Uh, what's the uh, Mike Moore stuff, Michael Moore, that you were telling me you agreed with? Oh, the Michael Moore thing was that uh, he was saying that when World War II was over, we didn't just go in and shoot Nazis. We put them on trial. And a lot of Nazis got killed. Right, but we, you know, but it wasn't, we didn't go in and wipe them all out. That, that America has changed from a point of view of everyone deserves a right to a trial and that we have an American justice system. So I, I, don't, I don't see where that's so wrong that Michael Moore has said that we drag this asshole Osama bin Laden back here um, alive and put his ass on trial. It's certainly one opinion. Uh, the other opinion is that put more people in danger. I, was, I, I just don't get the fact that if you and Michael Moore were in that fucking room, whether you thought this was a dangerous situation or one without danger. There were fucking guns flying, fucking bullets flying, uh, we needed to fucking t- take this guy out. And I don't think either of you would have been upset if we would have dropped the bomb on a place and got him, right? I, I, I wouldn't have been upset with that, but I don't see... But I don't see where Michael Moore is anti-American. No one for... said he was. He had an opinion. Mm-hmm. But Michael, this hasn't cost Michael Moore anything. No. No, it hasn't. I mean, he's free to express that opinion. The other side of it is the fact that this mission went down uh, quickly, fast. There was fucking fire back, and they took him out. I don't know how that feels that that he couldn't have been fucking brought back if he would have, and everybody else there would have just put their fucking hands in the air. I hadn't heard about being a fucking uh, an execution, but Michael Moore was free. This thing of somehow this is negative that Michael Moore wasn't free to express his opinion. Uh huh. He is, but he also wasn't there, and the fucking the thing is already done. I don't know why you're saying this makes America look bad. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it, yeah, it could definitely make America look bad. Well, here we are right now. Does this mission make America look bad? I yeah, to the to Islamic countries, I yes. To to you yourself, to for us to sit here and say, here's the way we got Bin Laden. We went in. We didn't call fucking Pakistan because we can't, or maybe can't trust them. We don't know all the fucking details there. I know a lot of people on TV think they know the details, but yeah. we decided not to alert anyone. We go in, there's some fire with his fucking guards into the house, boom, Bin Laden goes down, grab not only him, but all that information, Hell yeah. threw it in the fucking copter, got out of there. Does this make America look bad? I th- Yes, I think it does. So you don't even see this as a, a success? Oh, no, it's totally a success. I'm glad the bastard's it's, dead. But I think that it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't run with what America stands for. 
I don't see how you can have both opinions. I don't see how you can say, I'm glad that he's a he's dead. My emotional side is I despise the guy. I you know I'm glad he's gone off the face of the earth. But I see what Michael Moore is saying, where it's like, all right, we have values in America. And if this guy and if this guy makes us lose those values, you feel like we've lost our values. I think, uh, yeah, I feel like we lost some values throughout this for the, throughout all of this. I don't get it. I think it's a win. It was definitely a win. I mean, seriously, the guy fucked us over and we went and killed him. The guy had a fucking, he had a beef against us to kill our people, so we fucking took him out. It was fucking the best I, case scenario what happened. Not only that, but I feel like we've, uh, you know, spared the lives of some of these fucking children that he had and whatever wives were in there and anyone living around that fucking area. The, you know, the fact is if we would have put a missile on that block. Everyone would have been dead. Yeah, everybody would have said, hey, we had to fucking do it. We always said we were going to do it. Uh, Obama ran on the fact that he said he'd go into Pakistan. (laughs) Um, Here's uh, Mike. Mike, you're in the run of fish. Hello? Yeah. What do you say, dude? Mike, you're in the air. Okay, hey, how you doing? Ron, Fez. (laughs) What can we do for you? Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to make the point here. You know, Fez is coming across like he's he's trying to be more thoughtful than he really is, and and, and these people who who bend over backwards to say, "I don't know about this. I don't know that uh, maybe America is uh, losing a lot of its values." I think that's a bunch of crap. I I, I I I believe that we should be more knee-jerk about this. Jump up in the air and say, "Yeah, the bastard's dead." Move forward and take care of America. America's values should be America. Well, the interesting thing is, like, I know that you haven't read a lot of our nation's history if you think um, that somehow we've lost values. If anything, there was a time in the not the distant past that fucking tanks would have rolled into Pakistan. You know what I mean? And you could actually said, I mean, we said very early on, if you harbor any fucking terrorists, you are our enemy. Mm-hmm. You could easily make the case to blame this on fucking... Pakistan in a fucking heartbeat and have a lot of innocent fucking people get killed. But I see this more as almost some fucking police action where the cops roll in in the middle of the night, <laughs> fucking take out the bad guy, bounce, and without hurting all the people that live in that neighborhood. Yeah. Because if you even look at fucking Germany after the war, most of the Germans were like, we never wanted to go along with that guy, but if we didn't, we get fucking white. Thank God you killed him. You know, that's what normally happens after a war. And then the Maasai took care of the rest of them or whatever. Um, and it's not like, you know, we haven't dropped nukes in this country. These fucking values and all already proves that you're living in some kind of a, of a fucking movie type thing. Uh, and the trial itself, do you, what kind of trial would it have been? When we grabbed that guy out of Nicaragua, did he ever get a trial, or is he still down in Miami? 
He's still locked up. But has he ever had a trial? Never. No. Nope. So where's our values on that for the last 20 some years? Yeah, they're not there. Well, then we haven't lost them. Yeah, we're just, you know, sliding down the moral fucking highway. Um, Sean, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie B., what side is he talking about? The only country to drop nukes during war, the only country to put Japanese Americans in camps during the war, a country that released Dober, uh, German shepherds and hoses on blacks, the country that padlocked gay doors and uh, burned down the bars. Is that the values he wants to get back to? Um, Greg, you're on running Fez. Hey, boys. Fezzy, don't you see this as typical Michael Moore going against the public opinion just to keep some heat on his name? I don't know about that because he's always done it. He's always got publicity? Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. See, my thing is this. I think this is one of the, the lesser political things that we've ever done. Because, quite frankly, the both sides, I think, here wanted the same thing after 9-11. This guy's got to be fucking taken out. He has to be fucking taken out. Not only did he get taken out, but a lot of information got grabbed. Yeah. I mean, they did not run into this half-assed. <laughs> you know, they weren't fucking running in here like a bunch of fucking cowboys. They got shitload hard drives and flash drives. It's ridiculous. They're still going through the early information. It's nuts. Now... What do we do if we got uh, if we would have grabbed him, right? Uh huh. And then suddenly, tourists get fucking grabbed in Greece, in Italy, wherever it happens to be, anywhere in the world. We want Bin Laden released, or we cut these people's heads off, and off we go. This fucking would have been brought up constantly, constantly. There's no way that you wouldn't have been... The war on terror would have gotten a lot more fucking power with some kind of a fucking circus trial. Absolutely. Um, here's uh, John. John, you're on my face. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Fez, what do you think if they went in and got Osama prior to this, you know, before 9-11, like a preemptive strike? They knew he was planning it and putting everything in motion, would it have been okay then to go in and get him? You mean grab him or kill him? Go in and kill him. It's a preemptive strike. You know he's going to do this stuff prior. Go in and kill him the way he can't plan it no more. You get all this other intel, other stuff that they were planning. Would that have been okay? I think it would have happened either way if we could have grabbed him and his intel before... 9-11. We would have we would have known what was going to happen. We did know what was going to happen before 9-11. Memos went through the White House. So you see this as an execution? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So those guys uh, that went in there were murderers. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a murder. I mean, what what's the other word for it? This is a war. This was a righteous fucking killing. Or do you see every soldier as a murder? No, it's. I think yeah, it's 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 legal murder. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're just a strict pacifist. You don't believe in anything along the line. Uh, there's no such thing as a righteous killing. No, but I mean, it's just. It's, 
No, what I'm saying is I, I think there's righteous killings, but I don't think it's any it's still killing somebody. Right. But there's a difference between killing somebody and a murder. I think we agree to that. But in huh. this case it was a murder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we went in and murdered someone. So yeah. if if you I mean, if you have this I guess I'm just not understanding. Well, from your way of saying it, if it was a murder that the thing that should happen next for us to keep our American values is that SEAL Team should be brought to trial. And whoever pulled the fucking trigger, well, then it's not a murder. If you're saying that, then they didn't do anything against the law. But it's an execution, right? Well, you again, you don't put the fucking execution. If there is a, a... In this case, you're saying this was not a righteous killing. That this person should have been brought back here then it would be a murder you can't a soldier can fucking murder mm -hmm. we have put soldiers up on trial so um it's a very bizarre thing that we've gotten into i don't think that you thought this out a lot but i know that you saw some people say some stuff on tv and that made you feel a certain way right well i mean as the week went on i mean i was feeling it that night before I saw any Well, Michael Moore wasn't on that night. He didn't come yeah. on until five, six days later. So the entire time, it just felt worse and worse to you. Yeah, it just, it just it gave me a very weird feeling that Sunday night. Um, well, I just think, you know, this guy was living in that fucking compound with his fucking kids. Like six years. Yeah, his chicks. He was chicks. up in there, yeah. Fucking, few wives. you know, having food, all the stuff the people from 9-11 weren't able to do all these years. Just watching TV, making videos. Um, let's go over here to a Phil. Phil, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Hey, Fez, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you to a point of, you know, we, we just shouldn't be killing people. But how would, how would you feel if they'd gone in there, tried to capture him, and some jackass pulled a, uh, a string and blew the entire house apart, killing our servicemen? I would have felt horrible about it. Yeah, and I'm, I, I mean, I, 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 believe, I'm, I would be surprised if at least one of those guys didn't, wasn't strapped down like that. So, I mean, I don't see how they had much of a choice other than go in there and, and protect themselves, because they knew the, I mean, how many, how many, how many people have, blowing themselves up over this idiot for that same stupid cause. Men, women, children, you know, they're strapping themselves down and they're killing our people. Uh, I'm, so. I'm, a, I'm absolutely sure that those guys, once that they fucking put to in Bin Laden, uh, had to go over and check to see if he wasn't fucking wired. Yeah, I think I read something like they were ordered to kill him unless he was naked. Because that was the assumption that he would be strapped and fucking ready to fucking blow the fuck up. with like a suicide vest or some bullshit. So the only reason they weren't going to fucking gun him down was if he was fucking naked. And he certainly said he would never be taken. Yeah. He would never be taken. You want to be a fucking martyr. Um, Chris, you're on the run of Fez show. How's it going, guys? Um, I also kind of want to agree with Fez to a certain extent, but I think he's not taking into consideration, and I don't think Michael Moore is even going to not acknowledge this, but... Over our country's history, we've always had to adjust to the people that we're fighting against in wartime. I mean, going back to the Revolutionary War, we're standing in line like a bunch of jackasses, 
realized that we were losing it. We had to adjust. And now we're fighting an idea. We're not even fighting a nation. So we have to take certain precautions to take out someone like Osama bin Laden because it's not, it's not just a country that we're fighting anymore. Well, you know, to be totally honest, though, we very rarely are fighting a country. Every war, just like, let's say, in Vietnam and this war, there was a gigantic amount of people who didn't agree with that war. And most wars, uh, particularly ones of aggression or whatever, there's a lot of people who don't agree with it. So why are we attacking those people? And that's what would have happened up until this point. Up until this point, it would have been, they've, got, they've been housing Bin Laden, and we would have started to put, you know, hundreds of thousands of troops on their fucking border to bomb that country. This country did not have to suffer. The amount of lives that were saved, because we've changed the way we do war now, is astronomical. This is way more of a civilized way to do to fucking battle somebody. So many fucking innocent lives are are saved. And how's that for your value system? How about this for a value system? We don't blame the people living around him. We don't blame even a lot of the people in the Pakistani government because we know it probably wasn't all the people there who knew where he was, or we would have heard about it. We know that there was a select few. And there's part of me that even thinks maybe Pakistan even helped more than we thought. And we had to run this gimmick so that they don't have people running into their buildings, blowing up innocent people. That we had to say, hey, they're not part of this. I see the value system is much fucking improved in this. Beyond the way that we go into other countries. The fact, uh, quite frankly... Uh, when we got the last dictator, how many kids were fucking killed? Because we did things more conventionally, old mm -hmm. style. That's the shit that I, I see as our values have actually uh, improved a lot. Um, Jack, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, hey, what's going on? Hey, Fezzy, I think this actually lifts our standing in the world's eyes. I mean, America was always a badass place. We always took care of the world's problems for the last. 10, 15 years or so, we've kind of been stuck in neutral. I think we're fucking finally moving forward. I feel good finally for a change about this situation, and I'm glad we fucking iced that cunt. Um, here's uh, Eric. You're on my face. Hey, uh, Fezzi, two, two problems with Michael Moore's logic. Uh, the number one part problem is Khalid Sheikh Mohammed one of the al-Qaeda leaders has been sitting in Guantanamo Bay prison for five years awaiting trial because nobody can decide if he should face a civil trial or a military trial. I could just picture if Obama, if we had captured Osama, it'd be the exact same situation. The other flaw with his logic is, yeah, we put those Nazis on trial following an unconditional surrender of the country. We're not fighting a country. We're fighting a radical idealism that will never surrender in mass. Uh, here's uh, Paul Yarman Fez. Hey, what's up, buddies? I, I got to believe that, that Fez didn't, and I love Fez, but I got to think he didn't fully think out his point, and now he's kind of married to it, so he's got to try to defend it at all costs. He is right about one thing, though that he said, 
this isn't the American way anymore. He's right, because we can't do anything anymore without involving a lawyer. So he's right on that point. Well, you know, we get a, a view... See, I kind of agree that I don't know if Fez is committed to this either, because every sta- statement was ending with a question mark. So I know that he saw some stuff on TV, and he kind of felt like, yeah, that's another point of view. And I get it, And but I think the real difference here is Mendenhall can have his opinion. Michael Moore can have his opinion. There's no doubt about that. But the fact of the matter is, on Friday, If you would have fucking said, this is the news that you can have Sunday night, would you have had the, made the same decision as the fucking president? Even though he knows he could have got Americans fucking killed. Yeah. I mean, think of the decision he made. He made down. a decision, and this is the thing that fucking sickened him, is that he made a fucking decision that could have gotten Americans killed instead of, we're just going to send a missile into that fucking building. Which, let's face it, could have started another fucking war. No. Blow a bunch of Pakistani fucking neighborhoods. Easily. Easily. And, uh, old, and they, they were just full of, like, fucking ex-military guys. It was, it's right next, it was right next to some Pakistani military academy or whatever. So it was all military shit going down over there. I don't know if he would have been able to got, gotten the proof either if he had sent a missile in. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I just don't understand how this isn't a fucking, you know, job well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, the number of people saying, oh, those guys should have done something different. It seems to be such a fucking minority. But the fact is that minority does get a chance to express themselves. You know, Michael Moore can go on and say, look, we've lost something, something that used to be. Michael Moore, what the fuck are you talking about? You were fucking marching 35 years ago. This whole thing of America has lost its innocence, we can't possibly have any fucking innocence left by now. You know? We're pretty cynical. Where the fuck are you talking about? We've lost something. We used to have something great. This was always us. Sounds like going back now. Just fucking dudes trying to do whatever we can do. This has been a fucked up situation. The guy got whacked. Best thing Not only map. that, but the people around him were like, go ahead, you're free now. Go. Run. Run. Before I put one in your ass. Go. Before I change my mind. Yeah, your kids. In terms of military strikes, it's probably one of the more fucking civilized things that we've ever done. Yeah, we never actually hear about something like this going well. It's usually a fuck-up that you'll fucking know about and, you know, fucking get any press. It's crazy. Hey, look, we fucking blame the CIA for 9-11. Like, how do they not know? Yeah. Wonder who's getting that reward. And I just don't feel like I'm in the fucking position to judge the guy who would decide in that fucking room. I got to worry about my health and the people on my fucking team and take this guy down. Right. And I agree with Pepper. Unless that motherfucker was standing in the shower with both fucking hands on his dick, there's no way I didn't think that he was fucking wired to fucking blow up. Yeah. That certainly had to be a possibility. Certainly even when that fucking bullet hit him, there could have been an explosion. And you know they discussed that. 
Yet somehow we can sit back here and act like here's what they should have done. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go to uh, Jim. Jim, you're on FEZ. Uh, first off, Ronnie, congratulations on job well done. Uh, secondly, Fezzy, you have to understand, you can't play nicey nice with these guys. Their simple ideology against us is to kill us and eradicate us as a civilization. Because they're envious of what we have, how we live, and they can't bring themselves around to do the same things the way we do it. Because it doesn't fit their religion. So they are out to kill us. Period. So we, yeah, we get it, and I'm sure in your own way you do. Just Michael Moore got you on this value thing. Um, are you familiar even the way how Dillinger died? No, I don't know that story. Uh-uh. Never saw the movie. Never read the books. Uh-uh. Shot in the street by the FBI. He was, you know, when you get into this thing of and. I kind of, to me, Bin Laden, more than a political figure, was, I think the reason people liked him was that he had kind of a Dillinger thing for those folks over there. Yeah. Uh, this value system that Michael Moore seems, says is lost, uh, I'm not sure. Jesse James, you familiar with the way he died? Yeah, he was shot in the back. Mm. And is that, was that guy brought to trial? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, so value system? He not there. Play. I guess. With Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell in that fucking movie. So sad. So Felt bad for him. Well, you know, the weird thing is we always um, need to think more about Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, unmasked show. Unmasked show. Your chance to sit in the room and see a, a real live TV star. That's right. Paul Reiser, who... Stopped in here just a couple weeks ago to tell us, hey, I'm so excited about my new TV show. I hope everybody watches it. Paul Reiser's show. Uh, Cancelled in two episodes. Um, It should be a really fun, cool, behind-the-scenes story to hear how that fucking rolls down. Oh, yeah. Um, Dealing with the networks alone. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, A buddy of mine, uh, Tommy Rhodes, got a TV show back in the late 90s. And you would have thought, well, this is the best thing that could happen to you. Hell yeah. And it's, you know, the stories that he would tell me is just, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable how even when things are going your way. It just, it's just shit. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> fucking rough. So this should be a lot of fun. Unmasked show. Um because he's got one of the fastest cancellations of all time. He went from having one of the biggest shows of all time to one of the f- fastest cancellations. So it should be a very interesting Unmasked. And as we said, we only take a very small... Oh, there's Rhodes with his hair. Mr. I, Rhodes. Yeah. When that came out, all people did was bitch about his hair. Every review was just furious with his hair. <laughs> I think it looks good. But before that, chick, she says, I love your hair, dude. You're like a lion. Um... Here's uh, Doug. Doug, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hello? Go ahead, Doug. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I was just wondering for Fez. Like, I don't understand his point. 
if you could explain it, I'd appreciate it. But his whole basis is that there's some abstract ideal of America, the way we are, the way we're supposed to carry ourselves. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, Michael Moore, too, his, I don't even know if he believes what he says. Like, he has some certain agenda. He's got to be out there. And, well, and, it, you know, and again, if Michael Moore would have been saying for years, or Fez would have been saying for years, we need to take Obama alive. They've had 10 fucking years to yeah. express this. 10 years that this would be the most important thing that we could possibly do. If anyone fucking thought we were going to take Osama bin Laden alive. Did I, by the way, did I say Obama earlier instead of Osama? I don't believe I want to so. be the last person to fuck that up. <laughs> I want to be the last possible person to get that wrong. But if anyone fucking thought we were going to, they didn't put their money up because anyone would have fucking taken that bet. Fuck yeah. And I don't ever remembering it come up once on this show or any other show. It's so important to our values that we throw this guy into a fucking knapsack and bring him back here. Fuck that. What we should have been doing is making up t-shirts for when this day did happen. That one came me like 120 grand because he bought a fucking uh, URL like, like OsamaDeadTees.com or some shit. People just went going crazy buying dead Osama t-shirts. Um, David, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, morning, guys. Hey, Fez, if you're at the point where if you had the gun and you were sitting right in front of Osama uh, bin Laden, at that point, would you pull the trigger, Fez? At your poor value, would you have done it? I would have hoped so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sad that he's dead. I'm not saying that anything got done wrong. But I also don't <laughs> you, think you that... You said it was a murder. I don't think that yeah. Richard Mendenhall should lose endorsements for, for saying that. First of all, we've moved on from... Mendenhall. Mendenhall's a fucking idiot, and so is that stupid fucking company. Oh, he's making kind of good points. They're two fucking seriously. <laughs> They're two fucking companies. You know, you act like fucking Hicks couldn't say something and get fired here. We all could. That is a lot different than somehow the government or even the American people called for his firing. Okay. So the Mendenhall deal is, I think, on a separate fucking plate. And you have these kind of, in both hands, you've got the this thing of, I'm glad it happened and it shouldn't have happened. I'm just saying, in the point of, of figuring out what you think about things, you've got to grab onto one of those and say, this is what I believe. You know? And you kind of believe that, you kind of wish that it could be a perfect fucking world. Where we didn't need soldiers or cops or whatever. You know? Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, your people have already told you there's an uncloudy day coming your way. You're going to get that in the next life. And you're going to have honey running around and fucking I don't know what else you people get. Mm. I think a lot. And just bowls of chiclets. Shit. Wherever you go in heaven. Uh, can I buy some chiclets? No, no, no. You don't have to buy them here. We have bowls of free chiclets. Free? Yeah. That's what's so up. So that's going to come in your next life, Fez. And you're going to get 72 virgins and all the other fucking crazy shit. But in this world, in the reality world, at one point you told us Bin Laden was murdered. That he didn't need to be killed. Right, yeah. If he so could've... when I said that, I go, well, then we'd have to bring those seals up on charges. No, we don't. Hmm. So you got to have some kind of thing where you say, 
here's my fucking belief about this. Because um, I know you're you're blaming someone, right, for this? Yeah, I guess I. Th- I think what I'm doing is blaming myself. I don't know why you blame yourself. Were Be- you over there? No, I didn't. I wasn't there. No, but I just when I saw all the flag waving again that night. It just reminded me of my own flag waving that got Iraqi citizens killed, that got uh, our soldiers killed. Do you even realize that those are two different fucking situations? But it's it's all from Osama. Yes, but it's one is the beginning of something, one is the end of something. And (laughs) if Osama would have been killed the following fucking day, we would have been waving flags and you would have been fucking happy about it. And again, to take you out to this, this was a bunch of kids from one college who just happened to live near the thing. And as far as Times Square, there was not a lot of fucking people no, in Times Square. Uh, there were a lot of people that went down the ground, ground zero. zero that was much more crowded. And 99% of them were just kind of reliving pain and, and suffering and attempting to let go, attempting to figure it out. They don't know what they're fucking doing. But the other part of this you're not understanding. Those kids that are 18, 19 years old have lived over half their life with this terror thing. You have uh, a fucking idea. Look look at these pictures. It's these are kids. fucking children. They're fucking kids. GWU, big ups. <laughs> now, would they be, there would be even more of them if that fucking team would have went to the Final Four. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That guy's rocking this his is not. Shirt. This is not some kind of organized American thing. There are no fucking nobody in that place that's ever paid a taxes of any substance in people their life. People were fucking crowd surfing. I saw people jumping off the trees and just into the crowd. Crowd surfing. It was it was a party of just dudes. And but there would be more of them showing up if the fucking Pixies were doing a free show. Oh, fuck yeah! I mean, I would have been there. I would have jumped on a fucking train. On the top of it? Sure. Why don't you just go inside and sit in one of the seats? Instead of riding around like a fucking Indian. (laughs) Look what it is, uh, friend Jivak. Hey, boys, welcome back. Mm. Um, Love him or hate him, the thing you got to give credit to Obama for is this was a ballsy move because this, this, this had the potential to be a disaster like when Carter tried to rescue the Iran hostages. And that, that destroyed any chance for re-election. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. That it, this thing went bad, that would have been the end of yeah, Obama. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if God forbid those, those choppers got shot down, whatever, if, if something bad went on, it would have been a disaster. So it was a ballsy move, and it worked. It worked better than I think anyone could have imagined. Not one casualty, you know, on our side. It was incredible. And the only thing that I can agree with Fez on that made me uncomfortable was seeing people partying at Ground Zero. That kind of felt like dancing on the grave. Like, I didn't get, I got the spontaneous celebration at the White House and in Times Square, but I, I don't really get partying at the place where the attack happened. That, I don't get. Again, this is a fucking city of, like, I don't know, five or six million people in the surrounding areas, and a thousand people or two thousand people showed up that night. And everyone in a bar down there would f- probably thought, oh, shit, I'm fucked up. Let's go to Ground Zero. Yeah. I knew people that were at bars, like, of South Street Sheep, or, hey, let's go to Ground Zero, because they heard it on TV in the bar. Right. Or whatever. It, it was very, it was not regular fucking New Yorkers. Now, I will say this. 
I heard people yell in New York, like from the buildings, when uh, Obama made his fucking announcement. Yeah. And I actually laughed and said, "These are people without fucking computers. What are they doing, waiting <laughs> this long to find out the fucking news?" Because he had been beat on the fucking news. But there weren't people in the Upper East Side rushing into the streets. It just didn't happen. And uh -huh. the fact right. that this is what you're focusing on, it seems like there's some kind of you're looking for negativity about this. Um, this was not very uh, representative of how most fucking people felt in this country. Not very representative at all. And I mean... I, I kind of showed the fact that I wasn't comfortable with it by not being one of the people there. But I also know a lot of people went down to Ground Zero and they had candles lit. Or they had pictures of fucking loved ones. And it's because after all these years, they still don't know what it been because someone in their family was fucking taken from them. Somebody was fucking murdered. Now, the uncomfortability with the flag waving. Are you always going to be uncomfortable the rest of your life when anyone waves a flag? I think I probably will be, yes. No matter what it is, a parade, doesn't matter. The America's wrong. America's bad. No, not America's bad, but blind patriotism can be bad. How do you know it's blind? What makes you think that it's even blind? I guess how, I don't know that. How about some people go, God, I disagree with this country up until this one move. I honestly think that 90% of that is just what fucking Hicks said. Just drunk young partiers who got themselves on TV. I mean, I saw people on TV fucking, yeah, Yo, yeah you know, constantly. same way that if the fucking <laughs> Knicks would have fucking possibly won a game. Uh, Jeremy, you're in my face. Hey, Ronnie B, you sound like a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, got a question for Fez. Uh, I mean, and it kind of goes on the basis of uh, the whole Michael Moore thing and how they forgot, you know, we're, we're losing something. To me, it's kind of like they're getting back to the old school. I mean, that's a bounty if you look at me. I mean, you're wanted dead or alive, right? Yeah, he was on the FBI list, yeah. I, so, I, I, mean, I don't even know if he got the alive part in there. Don't you kind of know... Um, uh, the government is, is basically like an execution. It's no different than being, uh, it's kind of like having a loose convict out there on the street that they can't catch. I mean, and they're, he's going to be executed. They put him, you know, they got fried ass in a chair, right? So either way, it's execution. I mean, whatever, however you want to sugarcoat your shit, that's what it was. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Charlie, Virginia. Ronnie, we're, we're forgetting the funny part of this is that Fez knows what Michael Moore's opinion is. He knows what Mendenhall's opinion is. In his own community, we had a great hashtag game about stuff being left at the at the site. You know, Bennington did it. We laughed. It, you know, that stuff was, you know, Chinese stars were all over the place. Can he at least pick a media that's closer to his own community, that the Ron and Fez community, as opposed to AOL News and Yahoo News? I'll let Fez answer that. I... I don't understand what he was asking about. The Ron and Fez listeners did a whole big thing that night. Oh, right, uh, yeah. And he was saying, how come that stuff that you don't relate to? How come the listeners are going for the joke? How come the listeners are having fun with it? Uh, Sam was doing it. It was kind of playing the old Fez role 
when we came in here today. So I think that was his only point out there, that this whole thing, that why people felt whatever relief, you, you, your stomach soured watching us on TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't feel... I mean, I, guess, I felt relief that the guy was gotten. I don't think I felt any safer. I think I wondered, is all hell going to break loose now? So this is about you feeling unsafe. I, I, I think a lot of it was my own fear that is constantly there. You would feel safer if Osama bin Laden was here watching over you like a guardian angel from the Middle East. You had your own guardian angel. Um, and it was a Osama bin Laden. OBL. Uh, Wayne, you're on running first. Hey, Ronnie B. This is a comment of a couple minutes ago. Blind patriotism really pisses me off, especially since he's newly religious and blindly religious, as are most people. People follow blind religion all the time. I'm not blindly religious. That would mean I agree with everything in the Bible. Which I don't. Um, here's Pepper, New Mexico. Uh, let's go over here. Pepper, go ahead, buddy. Hey. Hey, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I just got back from Afghanistan, and so they're used to being, you know, from one dictatorship to another controlling them. Now, the bullet that was put into Osama bin Laden's head is cost the government probably about three, four bucks. They just saved Americans over a thousand, you know, thousands of dollars in taxes by killing that guy with a $3 bullet than what they did, what they would have by putting that man in prison. So how does Fez not feel safe by him being dead? No, I wondered that night, I go, is, is this, you know, what, what's going to be the result of this on the other side? Um, Shower Bench uh, says this, Fez does have a point, gleeful USA celebrations can further provoke Islamic radicals and they usually look dumb. Again, I don't know what you're going to do about these kids running into the streets. They were expressing themselves the way they want to express themselves. There were, at best, 5,000. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. Small gathering. But a very small gathering compared with if the Redskins had won the Super Bowl, there would have been millions of people. If anything... This could allow you to uh, understand the fact that when you see people in the Middle East celebrating something stupid, jumping up and down, does that represent the fucking popular opinion over there? This gives you another way of looking up. There's very few. Here's the interesting thing. Look at that fucking crowd. Mm -hmm. You see a Spanish person there? No. You see a black person there? No. You're seeing a bunch of... Uh, Upper middle class to upper class Private white college. fucking kids going out and running around and doing their USA celebration. Now, has it ever occurred to any of those kids, perhaps they'll join the military and join? No, of course not. So what? This is not representative of us. There's no way to call that crowd weak. Now, you hear the same thing back from people in the Middle East. That, yes... Uh, a couple thousand people went out and started fucking chanting and, and, you know, death to Bush 
And that's the only people you ever put the cameras on. And they're fucking crazy kids who, who are mad because they're not working or yeah. blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't matter. Um, they got silly string in the crowd. All right. Charlie, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Hey, Fez. I, uh, I agree with your fear theory there. I was, I was in San Antonio, Texas when, when I got the news in a sports bar. And as grateful as I was to see the guy dead, my first thought was, Fear of not being able to get home if if all hell broke loose and you know the the airline shut down again similar to nine eleven for three days and my family would have been at home without me. Dude, um, it's I, a I, Sunday I, night. I, that's a legitimate concern. It's a Sunday night and you're all fucked up in a sports bar. You don't give a shit about your family. <laughs> 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 now yeah. here's the thing. More important things to worry about. That I I know that you have this fear of terrorism thing, but we also know. That the the weather is killing more fucking people than terrorism. Oh yeah, Tails blowing shit up. I mean, imagine of what happened in Alabama, right? If we thought it was radical Muslims, <laughs> they have a weather machine. Whatever. If we just looked down and saw that kind of destruction, we'd be totally fucking fearful. Fuck yeah. You can't always trust the fucking uh, fear. Um. Sean, you're on my face. Hey, boys. I, I was just wondering, what do you think pisses off the uh, Al-Qaeda and Muslims more? The handful that celebrated uh, Osama's uh, death or us celebrating the 4th of July every year? I, w I would think that uh, the people celebrating Osama's death would piss them off more. So what should we, do what should we have done that night? Did uh, Obama release the troops out there to take those kids home? No, no. I mean, they're they're uh, utilizing their American rights. So what's got you so upset about? Why can't you just feel good about? It? Um, it just seemed a little distasteful. It seemed like it didn't. It didn't seem like the right. It the relief was there for me, but it just. So much has been lost along the way that a celebration just didn't feel right either. Oh, uh, but everybody deals with these things differently. Right. That's the whole thing of being a fucking American. Uh, Dan, you're on Ronnie, love the show. Thanks. Listen, I just had to emphasize the point you made sums it all up. You said, listen, some of the things that these groups, you know, groups of kids or groups of people down in New York were doing and celebrating, I didn't feel comfortable with it, so I didn't participate. That's it. Everyone handles these things differently. Doesn't make them any less American. Doesn't make them any less human. Just to give you an example, Fezzi's dad recently died. Probably a very somber occasion, very difficult funeral to get through. If his dad died in New Orleans, they'd tap dance on his casket, have a parade in the street, jumping around half high with umbrellas. This isn't about Fezzi. This is about a top terrorist, number one on the FBI list, dead. That's what it's about. Nothing more and nothing less. This isn't another self-appointed Fezzi guilt. It's not. It's not about Fezzi. There is some point to there, Fez, that just because you feel some of these things, you think that they're universal. But actually, there is only one way to handle a funeral of a loved one that's drink heavily 
and then scan the wakes for uncles and or cousins that you need to straighten the fuck out. Have a to-do list. There's some shit that you said about me last fucking summer that I want you to fucking say to my face right now. Come on, I'm right here. And don't stand behind your fat wife and fucking act like she's stopping you. All right? If you can't get around her, then you don't want to fucking be over here. Trust me. Because I will beat you and her ass. That's how a fucking... That's how a, a funeral is supposed to work properly. Oh, yeah. And your side of the family has fucking been mooching money off mm -hmm. of us for fucking years. What good are they? Fucking trash. Uh, Chris, you're on the Ron Fest show. Hi, Ron. How you doing? How's yeah. it going, Fez? Uh, I can I can see how how uh, Fez can be kind of confused on this issue with uh, you know the country losing its innocence when we send mixed signals, like when that soldier you know accidentally shot someone who moved. You know, he was afraid that they were igniting a bomb or whatever way back in the beginning of the war. They brought that guy on trial. And, you know, over in Optomino, or whatever the hell that place is called. It's Optomino. That's the name of it. It's Optomino. <laughs> it's Domino's. That's where you fucking went. Domino Sugar. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, they, they put those uh, soldiers on trial for taking pictures when they were actually ordered to do so or whatever. You know, and then, you know, we go in and assassinate somebody. I'm not saying that we're wrong or right. But we are kind of sending mixed signals, aren't we? Yeah, we're not overly fucking good at this. It doesn't make, you know, this is the fucking problems with this whole thing. We'd rather not be doing any of this shit. It was really up to us. We would be just getting paid more at work and having more time off. That's all most people want. Yeah. They want their fucking kid to get picked for a fucking Little League team and not be fucking embarrassed and not fucking, you know. They want to fucking find out that their daughter has a fucking date to the junior prom. Most people aren't all that fucking bright. Everybody's looking just to get by. And if anything starts to fuck up those things, they just want it taken out. And those kids dancing in the streets have been told their entire fucking life that their life wasn't going to be as good as their parents. This was the fucking boogeyman for them. The fucking boogeyman. So they ran out and started jumping up and down, and then there was fucking cameras there. Huh? I will tell you this. As dumb as they looked, if I was 20 and at that asinine school, and I found out that fucking people in my dorm were on TV jumping up and down, how could I not go outside? <laughs> I would have felt like I missed it. Like hanging out with Geraldo? He was you know I'd fucking right. wake up in the middle of the night to see a chick fight. Why wouldn't I go running down the fucking street? <laughs> Shit. It's a party down the block from the White House. To fucking say to MSNBC, this kicks total ass. What up, Osama? Now how do you like me? Oh, motherfucker, woo! Fucked up. Um... Hey, and you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. How you doing? Good. Um, I, I'm in New Orleans. I go to Tulane. And when this went down, you know, there was maybe 150, 200 people max in the street. And we're out there and we're partying. We're doing whatever. And the cops came and shut it down. So, you know, as free as this country is, you know, they definitely take 
a lot of shit out on the college kids when you're right. I mean, I'm from, I'm from New York City originally. You know, I was 13 years old when 9-11 happened. And, you know, I wanted to blow off the steam and chant USA and scream my head off and get drunk and do whatever. But New Orleans Police Department shut it down. Well, you know, they're all fucking, they're constantly worried down there. Well, yeah, that's true. You fuckers are crazy. Yeah. You people I are mean, batshit down there. Every day is a drunk night. day. There should it's not Sunday be a... Night. Let me tell you something about New Orleans. And I don't fucking tell people how to live. But when I sit down to a fucking breakfast, yeah. I should have to pay a two-drink minimum? It's fucking breakfast! I get that drink on. And there's some fucking old blues guy. Bow, 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 bow. I love that tone. <laughs> I'm like, you're not John Lee Hooker. Look like him, though. They all look like John Lee Hooker. That baby talk. Um, Rich, I'm running fast. Hey, Ronnie B. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, I just I have a really hard time here on a Monday getting lessons in being tasteful or distasteful from a, uh, a guy who dressed up like uh, baby Hitler one night. That offended me, too. That offended me. I lost a bet. Let's let Fez express himself, because you, you've got an opinion in each hand, Fezzy, and you're, you're trying to drop them both. What is it that you're trying to tell us? That I wouldn't have participated... I, I guess that I wouldn't have participated in any of those ceremonies. I thought they... Or, not ceremonies, the um, celebrations. I thought they made America look bad. They made me uncomfortable... I was very nervous that night. As much as glad as I was that public enemy number one was gone. But this makes, I was still very nervous. But why do you... What benefit does it get you to always find whatever makes you uncomfortable? I mean, you had to go a long way about this story to feel uncomfortable. I mean, there's Rudy Giuliani saying... I'm fucking uh, proud of Obama today. I'll fucking run against him probably, but today, let's put that aside. This has nothing to do with politics. This is America did something good. Everybody wanted this to happen. It happened. How far did you have to go before you could find something that you didn't like, which was all the way down to a college that I'm going to guess... You didn't even know existed that close to the White House before you decided that 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 those kids, those little rich kids, represented the rest of us. How far do you got to go before you can get yourself to feel bad? Well, that came up kind of quickly as soon as I saw the crowds there. But my point is this: is how what part of the story do you have to find before you can start feeling bad? You have to go to a certain fucking place. And I looked at it and go, those asshole kids, don't, they're fucking idiots. And I saw the news showing fucking up in nerds. Times Square before any of the people. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a tiny-ass crowd. Just maybe like 30 people watching TV, TV cameras and slowly building up and slowly building up. It was, the Times Square thing wasn't that. The ground zero was where people were fucking packed out, I mean, relatively. Uh, Greg, you're on running first. Hey, guys. If a state in our country were to pass a law saying that uh, gays can marry legally, and then the gays in that state decide to go out and celebrate in the middle of the town square, hold hands, kiss each other, having a, a celebration. Oh. Other uh. people are going to be offended by that, but why is that okay to say, yet this isn't? 
No, I never said that the that the celebrations uh, should have been shut down. I never said that. I know we're going to have our way to find out what you want done because when we brought up the fact that people do, I mean, I I'm going to tell you the truth. Again, to go back to the fucking parade after the championship, I've never felt the need to do it. No, I don't think I ever have. I may have. <laughs> I have one blacked out day that I may or not been to a parade. Who knows? I'm not sure. I'll have to on. give that some fucking fun. <laughs> I might have been to a parade. I just thought of it just now. Whatever, well, if you're blacked out, I guess don't care. There's some decades that are just so fucking hazy. Oh, really? Do do. I don't know. I hope you find peace, buddy. Talking to Bin Laden? Mm-hmm. No, I was talking to Fez. Oh. Bin Laden, I like to say, maybe God just needed a mass murderer. Maybe that's the best way. That's the easiest way for me to think about it. Oh. Jesus needed a mass murderer up there. At his right hand. And I'm sure that he's flying planes in the buildings in heaven right now. In the cloud buildings? Probably. I guess the collateral damage would be so bad since it's just clouds falling on people. I now think in fucking, you know, in hindsight, if he thought to himself, I should have just got outside more. What the fuck? I would have rather just stretched my legs a little bit. Yeah, they say like he was stuck in the same room for five years or some bullshit. That's fucking jail. Yeah. Jail with your fucking wife and kids there. Oh, God. Great. Why do you got to be so anti-woman? I'm not anti-woman. I'm just... Same room. Six years. Come on, you got some of that fucking Al-Qaeda money. Apparently there wasn't a lot of it. He had fucking 500 bucks tied into his fucking dress like some fucking girl down south going out on a date. (laughs) (laughs) That they sew fucking quarters into her dress so after she's raped she can call home. shit. (laughs) Mama, it happened. Uh, Ryan, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie B, a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, just wondering, what are your thoughts on making the day we found Osama bin Laden like a national holiday? Uh, too close to Cinco de Mayo and Star Wars Day. <laughs> so, I mean, that would you basically now have to start taking off a week. Yeah, come on. It's jam-packed. Or a week back. Travis, you're on a fez. Hey, Fez. Yes. Uh, I was wondering if uh, some of them laws been leaving money around for you. I don't believe so. Do you think he does, though, for his family? Do you think he leaves them money to let them know? I, I doubt it. I don't, I, don't know if that was his, I don't know if that was his thing, to pick up money around but in th- the desert. Do you think that he could only, that he's contacting his family now in some way? They, uh, they probably feel he is, yeah. Probably. All right. Well, we are back in the same in the same mode as I think as we left Hicks. Okay. Every once in a while, people look in here like they're going to do damage to us. Like sometimes there's like nice tours, and other times it looks like, well, for lack of a better word, Columbine. It gets scary. It get weird in here. I've only worked two places that ever had tours that go by. Here and Franklin Mint. 
take a look. This is where the stuff's made. That's the gold room. How was the gold room? Was it huge? All we ever thought about was stealing gold. It's all how everyone, could you not? every fucking lunch break. I know how to fucking get it out of here. I know what we got to do. Every fucking thing turned out. into what it would be called retarded eleven. <laughs> it's great. As if you remade Ocean's Elevens with Mongoloids. Just got to figure out how to turn the power off and build a replica safe. But I feel like you've been ignored today, Hicks. What's Aww. on your fucking mind, little muskrat? <laughs> oh, well, coming out of fucking New Orleans, some guy just got uh, life. Life prison for weed. What? Did, is, he's getting life. It's already fucking laid down. He's getting what life. What is this, 1966? I know. It's, it's fucking crazy. He had two pounds of fucking weed getting life in prison. It, it's fucking infuriating that a dude's doing life for fucking pot. I don't even know if I believe this story. It's real. Uh, John, you're on Ryan Fez. Hello? Yeah. Hey. What's up? What do you say? No, I was just saying that, uh, I think that, uh, we didn't, we didn't, uh, go in there and murder him. We, he got snuffed out like he should have been. And the best thing that America did was drop his ass off in the ocean so that he couldn't get to his afterlife. Now anybody who wants to, like, take that part up again knows that they're not even going to make it there. So that kind of, like... Hopefully that'll take the wind out of their sails. They, they, they suck anyways, but whatever. I don't think they sail. No, it's... But I do agree. They do suck. The terrorists blow. Yeah. They're dicks. Rude. It's their problem. I can't get along with any of them. I know. They're always going on about fucking Muhammad this and Muhammad that. You're right. Yeah, drink. we get it. What about Muhammad Ali? The only one I fucking like, you never even talk about him. Yeah, really. Come on. The guy converted for you. If we were fucking, if we were pushing Muhammad Ali, I might join that fucking religion. Just follow him around, I guess? I'd want to. Even now in the condition really? he's in. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, just... I still think he could win. Maybe. You see the Pacquiao fight? Why would I fucking spend money on that shit? Oh, come on, Shane Mosley. Do you know how much disappointment I fucking have given to those people over the years? Yeah, it's getting pretty bad. How much of it was, like, 60 bucks or whatever? Yeah, it's the usual fucking price for these goddamn boxing events. And you're always pissed. Always. It's fucking shit every time. He knocked it down third, I think, but... Uh, and just, and there's people just booing at the event, just booing them outright. Well, they're, like, saying, uh... Mosley didn't show up to fight. Well, then he went to the worst possible fucking place. Because it's not like you got to box every day. Fuck no. You only do this every once in a while. You have to kill. Once every eight months or whatever the fuck. It's, it's like a guy that is doing a stand-up set on The Tonight Show. You got to fucking kill that night. Fuck you yeah. can't show up and go, ah, what's in the news? I don't have a lot going on today. <laughs> You're like, what? why weren't you prepared for this? We need rapid-fire jokes. This booking came up a little late, so not really prepared. I figured something was up when we heard Pacquiao was in a car accident. I immediately thought, all right, we've got shenanigans working again in the boxing industry. So what did you think happened? Well, I, I figured Pacquiao was, it was somehow going to move the money, and then Pacquiao was still going to win. Yeah, that fucking money. Uh, who was it? Uh... Some comic put 20... Oh, the guy who's doing, doing Comedy Central now, the SNL guy. 
Seth Myers? Um, no, the fucking funny fucking guy that they fired off SNL from the... Oh, Norm McDonald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Norm. About 25 Gs to win like 3,500. That's Norm. how fucking That's the, the far the money fucked. was on that fucking No deal. one thought Mailsley had a no. fucking chance. No, no way in fucking hell. No, I, I don't think there was any big movement in money. I don't even think a lot was bet on that fucking thing. They could say he got shot in the kneecap. They still would have fucking put Pacquiao up. <laughs> what the fuck? And now they're just talking about Mayweather again. That'll happen in five years when no one gives a fuck anymore. No one cares. No one's cared about fucking boxing in a long time. I'm going to say since Mike Tyson. It was the last time people paid attention. Uh, Lance Lewis, I think, has a, a bit of a run. You do. Because you don't I, remember the great champions. You know what I mean? I you, remember vaguely. I was, I was like a little kid when that was blowing up. I, was, I remember the fucking pay-per-views. You had to pay per round or whatever. Lennox Lewis or? Uh, my, no, Tyson. Tyson. But even Tyson was past the the fucking golden age. All right, yeah. I mean, there used to be a Definitely time bid. when we'd have boxing in this country and the fucking country would stop. People would be screaming at each other. In their offices. Everybody talking about the fight. And yeah, shit. you would just be talking about the fight constantly. <laughs> There's a fucking fight. It's all happening. Oh, and now you're just like, I can't believe how bad this fight's going to blow. I can't. I'm, I hate myself. I'm buying it. You're <laughs> Why like, I Why? pay for this? There's so many times like... You'll be like, I'm not buying this fucking fight. And then not only that, but they make you wait till after midnight to yeah, see it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The fucking you're, undercard goes forever. You're paying 60 bucks for something. You turn it on. There aren't even people watching the undercard fights. But, no, it's empty. No one gives a fuck. Uh, Joe, you're on Fez. Hey, Shane Mosley didn't show up prepared to fight. Does that mean he had to bring his trainers uh, breakfast in the morning? <laughs> Fez was prepared. He had two opinions and wasn't solidly behind either one. But I think he had more opinions than he even needed it today. I'm proud of him. And I know for a fact you didn't eat shit today, did you? No, I have to say I did have a breakfast. Some sort of new Dunkin' Donuts breakfast sandwich with a, the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Are you okay? I thought I was fucking hearing this thing of a Dunkin' Donuts breakfast. First of all, is there a grill there? No, it's it's in, the, in Dunkin' Donuts. They have the microwaves where they just microwave everything. How can you microwave food? And that's it. Yeah, they just have everything free for, pre-frozen. And they just throw it in the fucking machine. I usually, I'll get it if I'm drunk. But have so they microwave a sausage. Yeah, they microwave the sausage. They microwave oh. the fucking generic egg patty. And this sandwich was it was blueberry waffles as bread. Yeah, and a sweet sausage uh, breakfast sandwich. Oh. How was it? I didn't finish it. Now, Fezzi, you had a whole week off. How could you have felt bad coming back in here? I got petrified. Why? Right at the uh, I was feeling. You had good. an opinion in every pocket. You should have fucking. Felt on top of the world. There is no possible direction I can't take here. Mm -mm. All right, when we get back, let's hear about the weed. Weed man. Uh, in where was it? New Orleans. She is going down. A guy is doing fucking life. Life over life. two pounds of fucking weed. Two pounds of weed. Which about, is literally about two pounds. About two pounds. Which is literally just a weed. Yeah. <laughs> Why we're talking about how dangerous he is. It is a weed. Huh. And depending on how good the weed was, I don't know, might be under $1,000 worth of fucking pot. 
Unbelievable. Right back, Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez show. On the virus. Ah! Ah! I'm Ernie McCracken. When I found out little Billy was growing up without a dad, I had to do something. When Peter and saw our picture in the paper, he called the Unified Fund and got involved. I had to. Couldn't help myself. It's the uh, Ron and Fez show. A couple guests coming up on the show today, including Laszlo, uh, is stopping in from Rockstar Games. Laszlo has got a game to promote. Uh, L.A. Noir. Uh, you can uh, pre-order a copy of L.A. Noir when you go to rockstargames.com slash L.A. Noir. Uh, for some reason, there's an E in this. Guess that's the way it's spelled. Yeah, good. Um, thanks for <laughs> that whole commitment. It was made me feel like I was part of something. Um, by the way, uh, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser is going to talk about the rise and fall of Reiser all Wednesday morning. Your chance to come in and meet a big, giant uh, TV star who just had the rug pulled out from underneath him, and he also has a new book out. Um, does you remember the first time you saw Paul Reiser? Um, no, I don't. Never? He just somehow ended up in your life? Have you ever seen him? Uh, you saw him in here, remember? You know, oh, who yeah. Paul, you know who Paul Reiser is. Right, yeah. Hicks, what about you? What's your first... Actually, as an actor in Aliens, he was a scumbag, uh, fucking very like, good corporate rep or whatever. Screwed over uh, Scorny Weaver. Now, even go back before that, Baltimore movie, Diner, young Paul Reiser, young Mickey Rourke, young Steve Gutenberg, young Kevin Bacon, terrific movie, fantastic movie, written and directed by uh, Barry Levinson, I believe. Yeah, uh, did that fantastic film. Uh, so he's done some very cool stuff, stand-up, everything. As a matter of fact, I don't think the guy had a bad day until just a couple weeks ago when they yanked his TV show away from him and put in reruns of The, uh, of the Office. Even though the shows are already done that he has to share with people. Uh, so it should be an interesting story. Paul Reiser, the Reiser and Fall of Riser, uh, your chance to sit into a small room, listen to a television star and comedian talk. Go over to Unmasked Show on Twitter. Unmasked Show on Twitter. Um, we, uh, wait. Uh, let me get into this. Uh, by the way, Lazo will be in here. But Higgs, tell me again uh, what's going on in. in in Louisiana. 
All right, so a young man by the name of Cornell Hood II uh, got bagged up for possession of around two pounds of marijuana. His probation officer came home, so came to his house to see what the fuck he's up to, to check in on him. Goes in, finds a bunch of fucking weed hanging around. Life in prison. The guy's 35 years old. All right, so he's a three-time loser on the pot stuff. Yeah, he's, he's gotten uh, charges. Yeah, just strictly weed, just weed. Just a possession, maybe intent to sell, because they found also found a scale on in the house too, and baggies. And people just, you know, you still run into people who, you know, you see rolling a joint and fucking steering their car with their knee because yeah. they feel like, oh, life is okay now. Look at California. <laughs> Look at Colorado. Weed town. Yeah, it, there's no such thing as. And here's this guy going to do. Fucking life. At 35 years old, for some fucking bud. Yeah, you won't mind getting a life sentence if you were 78. But when you're 35 and get one, life blows. It's just horrific that this, I guess, war on drugs is just fuck. There's no reason for this guy to do life. He's just selling some fucking weed. All right. You uh, smoke a lot of pot, right? Yeah, I enjoy it. The, have you smoked enough pot to go to life in prison for? Have you smoked two pounds of pot? I'm fucking pretty close. I've smoked a lot of pot in yeah. my fucking life. So you never sit around going, oh, someone could kick in the doors and arrest me for this. Bust my shit up. No, never. You know, it's not the 1950s and you're in a fucking jazz band and you could fucking get life for doing smoking tea. <laughs> it's insane. Now, first of all, what is wrong with a judge to do such a thing? What it kind of fucking guy could be a judge? It's like, I guess, they, in Louisiana, I guess they have their own version of the Rockefeller laws that we have here in New York, where a minimum amount of shit is just, you get this much amount of time, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, there's never been anything worse than those kind of fucking laws. Because, again, and I've had to go down to jury duty and, and fucking talk about this. And they actually got mad at me over it. But if I'm sitting on a jury and there are... You know, somebody got ripped off for money or somebody got physically hurt. I'm going to be playing, paying real close attention. But if two people sold each other drugs or if one person was a prostitute, no, I'm not going to fucking sit here and waste my time talking about what two fucking adults agreed to do. It's none of my fucking business at that point. Uh, Ron Paul said... Uh, they, you know, they're doing the very early, early stuff with the Republicans having a debate. And Ron Paul said he would make heroin legal. And he actually said, show of hands in this room, if they legalize heroin tomorrow, how many of you people are going to go out and do heroin? It would, again, just be a choice. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's just, it's ridiculous. People are doing time for it, man. It's fucking crazy. Um, Depressing. Randy, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, you know, I understand it's ridiculous to go to jail for smoking pot. Cause, you know, we all smoked pot growing up. Uh, but, you know, the guy had three chances. He knew what he was doing was going to end him there. And after your second chance, if you know you're looking at life in prison, wouldn't you go out and find a job and quit selling weed? I mean, I mean we don't even know if he was selling weed. That was, you know, you got two pounds of pot. That's a lot of pot to smoke. I mean, if you got the baggies and the scales. I'm telling you, I know people who keep fucking two pounds of pot around their fucking house. Uh, but, you know, the the whole thing of these hardline fucking laws like this are bullshit. But 
you know, you also get back into this. There are plenty of people who would see any of this stuff as addictive behavior. Um, if you told people that they could go to life in prison for smoking cigarettes, you'd still have people smoking cigarettes. They cannot find the strength to quit smoking cigarettes. It would be a lot fucking healthier for this nation if we use some of the fucking uh, stuff that we have sending these guys to prison, the same amount of money that we're putting into it, to make fucking rehabilitation places for people, education uh, things for people. Um, Bruce, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I was watching a show last night, Ron, about prohibition on the History Channel. And ever since the country's been started, there's always been these fucking temperance people trying to get alcohol illegal and create a countrywide prohibition. Of course, they did, you know, in the fucking 20s and 30s. And every time they do, whether it's statewide or countrywide, people go ape shit and they call it a rebellion and it's, you know, considered, I mean, it's, it's looked upon like a noble effort that the people rebel. Why don't all people get their shit together and fucking get out there, put the bong down and do something do you, about it? Do you realize that the reason why they smoke pot is that they don't want to get their shit together? That's the whole fucking thing. Let's just not think about it, Ronnie B. It's unbelievable. Fuck Louisiana. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron and Fez. EastsideDaveCountry.com. Maybe you can check that out. Uh, I wanted to add, you know uh, what? Louisiana has some of the strictest laws. First of all, is. do you realize that I owe this guy money and now he may end up owing me money? And we're going to sit around and talk about it comfortably with Eastside Dave Country. Fucking roller coaster, Ronnie B. I'll tell you, I need the fucking heat to do this. I thought you guys were the Black Beatles. Uh, I got fucking a one seven hanging over my head right now with a crazy Seriously. redheaded on, gambler. Guy, you, you scared the boss is going to come back? Is that is that your deal? Well, man, has got him. Well, you know, I'm telling you right now. I don't know, like all white people. Uh, this guy cannot bet against the Celtics. He can't. He can't do it. They need it. They need the fucking green. Let me ask you a quick question here, Hicks. Sure. Are you a cake person or a pie person? Pie. Give me that pie. I'm a cake guy. Okay. Always have been. Born and raised cake boy. All right. Pie, I could normally take or leave. Really? A little gooey, you know. Not like that apple pie? Come on. Please, would you let me fucking finish okay, the story? Sure. For one day in my life, could I get to the story? Instead of you throwing a nice apple pie, it's not where I'm going with this. Okay. Just asking. Yesterday for Mother's Day, a pie was brought. It's from a place in Brooklyn called uh, Four and Twenty Blackbirds is the name of this place. Four and Twenty Blackbirds. From what I understand, a couple of young girls start this. So they're in Park Slope, so you know what's happening, 3rd Avenue. Peace Slope, baby. It was a salted honey custard pie. Wow. A honey custard pie, which I've never had in my life. Sounds exotic. With rock salt on top of it. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm telling you, I took a bite, bite of this pie. It was almost life-changing for me. And I go like this. Why isn't there rock salt or more fucking sweet things in so, the world. Let's go get it wholesale. I don't know what their story is. These... This pie was incredible. 
Incredible. It sounds amazing. I think I'll be taking a trip to Park Slope then, maybe. No, it's a $35 pie. Why? So. But this is what oh. happens in today's age of bakery. They also sell slices. I'm telling you, $35 pie, I, when I, I'm not kidding when I say this, twice the price easily. It's worth. Oh, my God. Because God. I never have in my life found myself thinking about pie. And this morning I got up and went, oh, damn, that pie was good yesterday. The aftertaste of the sweet honey with the rock salt, the aftertaste was better than eating a pie. This is fucking blowing up your worldview then. It is. It's pie. changing my worldview. This is exciting, to say the least. I think a pie is one of those things, too, that's really good the day after, where a cake can't carry that through. Why would there be this pie the day after? Do you think there's any? No. That'd be like saying, oh, do you have any of that blow from last night? Of course not. There's That's nothing. why I was able to sleep. There's no such thing as day over pie with this. All right. Hicks, you've had pie before, right? Oh, very off, often. Fez, you've had pie before. Yes. No, you guys have not. You've oh. never eaten a pie. I am now sure of that. Let's road trip to Park Slope. Now, I'm looking over uh, this... Uh, salted uh, caramel apple pie, buttermilk chest pie. Oh, lavender honey custard, lemon chest. Oh, what the hell goes on here? What happens? Mad scientist of pie. Mint chocolate, black bottom oatmeal, bittersweet chocolate pecan. These people are amazing. They're blowing it up in a big way. And I don't even know if they've been food networked yet. But I told you before, I really, I got to get out of, uh, I've, uh, I've got to get out of this whole fucking Manhattan thing and move to Brooklyn. Is he going food. to BK? Just for food purposes. And then I don't even need to come over here every day. Maybe I can set it up. Uh, well, we have a Brooklyn studio. That would be great. I'm sure Rob Cross would sign off all those hip Brooklyn bands going over there. He's a Brooklyn guy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's blowing off culinarily-wise. Um, memo to okay, Rob me Cross. Memo Cross. First of all, start with, hi, Rob, how are you? Hope hi. the family's fine. Family, okay. XMU sounds like it's rocking. Rocking. Plans are underway for Brooklyn studios. Let me know. ASAP, so I can make the move. BK Studios. And ASAP. also, have you, because uh, he's a food guy himself, mm -hmm. ask him if he's been to 4 and 20 Blackbirds. Blackbirds, got it. Fez, you, you've had pie before, right? Yes, I no, have. No, you haven't. Oh. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Any idea that you had a pie in the past is out the door. It's done. Alex, you're on run a Fez. Smokey house. What's happening? So, uh, do they still have slices? You know, it's not in Chelsea. It's in Brooklyn. Yeah, come oh, on. You can double bad. slice. Yeah. I was not interested in a half slice of this. It was too delicious. Sounds it. I wonder what these things go by the slice. And see if they've got apartments upstairs. So maybe when I make my Brooklyn move, I can just live upstairs from them. That'd be cool. You get the sweet smells of this bakery every morning. Would that help you sleep or keep you awake? Um, so no half slices for me. Whatever. Uh, Laszlo in yet? Laszlo we'll send him in. Here. Where's our Laszlo music? I, here's what I want you to do. Pop in any intro song for Laszlo right now, what you think fits in perfectly. 
Laszlo's here. I don't know what that song had Did to I do have with. Music? What was that? I don't know what that was. I thought you would get some kind of a rock in Oklahoma song. I don't know. Uh, but you brought in one of the stars of your game here with you. <laughs> yes, I was out in the hallway working it. Um, we have a long, we have a long past together. You see, it's true. Wait a minute, you're not gay? No, not yet. Now I feel stupid because I had questions for you that have to go out the door here. Uh, Laura, what was your role? I did this. a couple different voices. Do you remember, Laszlo? No. I think I did... Um, Chinese girl? Like, no. Hey, what go on here? <laughs> there were no, no racial designations. Uh, Doesn't have to be designations. racial. But I think I did, like, uh, woman on the street. <laughs> now, how did you guys first become friends? Um, when, when, did this, when did you realize that Laura had such talent for voiceover work? Well, it was years ago. She worked here at Sirius. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was on the Maxim channel back when we had a Maxim channel. And there's just something about her voice. You thought she could make it. No, I thought she was kind of hot. And so I thought I'd see if I could work it. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Laszlo used to work with my then boss, Rob. Rob and, Cross. And so he said, who's, I guess, uh, runs this channel now. And, um, and runs it well. Yeah. He does. I mean, He's just fantastic. amazing. So he said, Laszlo said to him, do you have any women who could do a couple lines in a game for me? And Rob said, oh, maybe Laura could do it. So I went in there and then, and I did a couple lines and, and I, I had a, a semi-successful voiceover career in San Francisco. So it wasn't the first time I'd semi -successful. done it. Semi-successful. Well, semi-successful. It, it was my second job, but okay. I was, you know, I was doing radio there too. And then the next thing I heard, uh, was, I don't know if it was Rob or somebody else who said, Oh, yeah, Laszlo mentioned that it was pretty cold in the studio the day you went in to record. Oh! Wow. Yeah, our, our engineer at the time, who uh, is, is no longer with us, but uh, whenever there was a, a nice, young, fit girl, uh, would we have a separate thermostat just for the voiceover booth, would make it down to about 48 That's degrees. That's disgusting. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of disgusting, but you it know, was not he, kept, he kept calling me back, and you know I've been in four or five games since then. What a narc he is! No, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe men are supposed to talk about other women's, women, uh, like we're talking about women's body parts, and they're not supposed to narc and say. By you felt, the way, you felt like you did that in confidence. I, you yes. felt like a guy's role. Like for instance, if she leaves the room and I and it's just me and you talking, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, what a body on her. Yeah. And later on, you're not supposed to say. Laszlo said blah, blah, blah. Well, if she, you say it on a live microphone, I think it's fair game. But I think that we should also... This is my own feeling about her. I think we should treat her as the girl next door. I don't think that she's the girl that we talk about that way. We talk about Laura like she'd make a great wife for someone. You're only saying that because I'm in the room. No, no, not at all. How many times have I said that to you, Fess? Constantly. See how he will lie for me. This is the <laughs> beautiful thing. Yes. All the time. What a yeah. great wingman you yeah, are, Fess. Wingman. Uh, so you don't even, did your character get a name? Because mine wasn't named, and this is the first time this has happened to me in one of Laszlo's games. Yeah, this is a really, named. really, you had a very small character. Mine um, might have had a name, but it, I don't think that it was an important one. Like, you know that a bunch of Nick's the actors... Malloy, I remember. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of the actors... That's sexist. ...who did this game actually had their faces put into the game, too. Uh -huh. And uh, my character was not important enough for that. Maybe and neither time. was Ron's. Well, I needed filler. What is that <laughs> called when, yeah, we, w when you are the person who wears the suit? 
Doesn't it have like a certain name? Well, that's to it? motion capture. So we we're never going to be motion capture people. You could be. No, I would never let it happen because I see how bad people look in those outfits. They are pretty brutal. No one comes out looking good. No, if you're you're wearing like spandex with ping pong balls attached yeah, to you. Yeah, it's just it's a horrible thing. But you could do this to Laura, and then you and Rob can have your dirty talk right down the hall. Well, it'd be great because I would attach the ping pong balls uh, on her breasts. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> God, oh, you know, you're going to the seriously, down. The, I, I, I watched 60 Minutes. People get fired over such things. <laughs> Do though. they? Yes. Comedy, you'll never get in trouble with jokes, ever. Yeah, Thalatimus. Now... Lord, you do you get your things in advance, or you just they hand them to you because the security is phenomenal. Oh, the lines for the show, yeah, uh, for the game. I uh, I saw them when I walked in the door. Yeah, that's and what they do. And I had to sign do. a non-disclosure agreement. In fact, this is the first time I've ever even spoken about being part of this game. Isn't it ridiculous that you can't tell your friends for like a year that you're in a video game? And it's the only stuff that will Im impress nieces and nephews. The only <laughs> thing you can say is, I'm in that game, and I'll go where? Somewhere. I don't know. You can't, have to find me. I can't me. be found. But um, You know what we used to do when I was on the Maxim channel, and I'd have like two lines in one of Laszlo's games? We would offer a prize to somebody who could get screen caps and like take a video of me appearing in the game. And so they did all the work for us. So you were able to, to pull that off? Oh, yeah. Now... Lazo, is there ever going to be a bigger part for Laura? I mean, is there ever a starring part? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I could, I could see it. I, I could see it. I will yeah. wear one of those spandex suits, and you she's, can make uh, it as she's cold in. as you want. She is in the next. Uh, you maybe game. not the girl next door, unless <laughs> no, she's the girl, the yeah. slutty girl next door that leaves her window open at night. Oh my! What neighborhood do you even live in, Lazo? That's what we did in Oklahoma. Um. Well. By the way, this is going to be exciting for you. You're staying with us the rest of the show today, right? That sounds great. Uh, Kinky Friedman is going to be here today, and I know everybody in Oklahoma wishes they were from Texas. So this gives you that back home, down home thing that you. Is he running for governor or something? It's already over. Is it he done? Didn't, he, he didn't make it. I thought that was Ron Paul. No, Ron Paul's running for president, okay. and it looks like he's going to be the Republican nominee. Are you bringing Kinky in? Is that uh, yours? No, or? that's not mine. Do you ever bring us anyone anymore? <gasps> it seems like we're on a, a light Laura thing. I don't think that's true. Oh, isn't it? Good. All right, good. No, I've been trying. You know what? I'm just going to ask you right on the air. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get an answer from you about Bobby Slayton. You want to have Bobby Slayton on the air? Yeah, Bobby can come in anytime he wants. Okay, awesome. He loves you. Um... But I thought, I thought, like, I thought he wanted to do Unmasked again. I go, I just, no, no, no he just wants him. to come and hang yeah, out. Yeah, he can always you. come in and fucking. I don't know what's going wrong. Dude. I can't fucking do anything. <laughs> I, everything is supposed to be going my way. Is not. So Bobby will be here on Wednesday for you. Sure, you can always come in. Okay, cool. I'm gonna leave you, Laszlo. Who, who's not answering you? Because this is the first I've heard about Slayton, and I go back um, a long time with him. I would say it's probably Pepper Hicks. I called him, and he doesn't pick up his phone because he's... A, and this is, by the way, is what a great job uh, Super Agent Bob Eatman is doing for your show. You've lost 40% of your staff, and the one staff member that you do have doesn't answer his phone because he's afraid I'm a credit card call, a company calling him to shake him down for dough. It happens. <laughs> I told you that, yeah. Well, I Googled your phone number, which is what I do with every... Who, who didn't, who didn't uh, answer you back, Laura? I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, Ron. I've got the answer I need, and that's what's important. Mm, okay. Do you want my direct line? Do you need to start to call me directly? I'm at 555-1212. That's a got great it. number. Yeah. 
I was one of the early people. I thought it was 888-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <laughs> yeah, you could always call here. <laughs> Just call on the show. Yes. So, uh, Laura's doing great voiceover work. And the money's incredible, isn't it? It's not bad. It's, it's unbelievable. It's too bad that you can't get paid that kind of cash for a 40-hour work week. That would be nice. Well, That's the, why you need to get one of the starring roles. Did I pay you? Yeah, 30, trying, trying 30 Gs. I <laughs> forgot that the talent department dealt with that. Let me ask you something else, uh, Laszlo. Is, is there ever going to be something that you do that's just about radio? It's a game that takes place. It's called Hit the Post. And you're at a radio station. <laughs> right. And you at home, you've got to act like you're on the air. Right. And you, you've got to hit the post. And you've got to act like you're going to put out quality product, even yeah. though the, the masters of evil keep downsizing you. Right. And, yeah. oh, you've got to look out for contest pigs. All right, get rid of that right. line. Uh-oh. Right. Uh-oh, no interns. Right. And then you have to... It really is like a reality show around here. Like, they want to see how much you'll take... Until you snap, uh, you, you never hear me bitching. I'm never complaining about I, it. I'm fine with it. I know, but you're you're they, they've caused great duress to your partner. Fez's? Yes. How? What kind of uh, what's Fez going through? Well, ever since Earl left, you feel like Fez has been on the on the downslope. Well, because just more work. It's it's uh, you know stress. It's four hours a day. Who could possibly worry about such a thing as radio? I think it's impossible for radio to create stress. Really? Yeah. There seems to be a lot of it around here. That and star fucking. What do you mean by star fucking? Just every time I show up here, there's a bunch of people with, you know, blackberries following around some hip-hop moguly looking person. And Well, isn't that a positive thing? I mean, the, the, we have all kinds of... We're not star fucking. We're presenting interviews. More people come through this building than any television network out there right now. And I've said this before about the talent department. What they've done is phenomenal and if the weird thing is like most people don't realize that on some other channel right now is somebody you'd probably rather hear you just don't know it you know right. but on some other channel you're like oh, wait a minute is fucking grand funk just got together and they're playing an acoustic set it happens all the time you're taking off laura Yes, I have a Tony nominee in the lobby that I need wow. to know. Oh, write it down for me. Star write it down fucker. real fast. The name? Yeah. I can just tell you. Who? His name is Arian Moyed. Arian Nation? He's uh, he's in Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo with oh, Robin Williams. Oh, that's the one with Robin Williams. Yep. In a cage. Yep. Uh, who, what was he doing? The Broadway Channel? Broadway Channel and OutQ. Hmm. Why? Is there a lot of gay people like theater? I didn't know. I had no idea that. Have fun with Laszlo. Don't turn it too cold in here. Oh, jeez. Oh, Keep him away from the thermostat. I can't believe Cross knocked me out on that. What an ass. Well, here's something that Rob Cross is working on, moving our studio to Brooklyn. He wants to do a thing where we uh, just do the show out of Brooklyn because of this pie company that's over there. That sounds fantastic. So it looks like that's the way it is. Rockstar's moving to Brooklyn, too, right? We hope. Getting out of Manhattan. We hope. Finally. When's that going to happen? Well, you know, all good comes from Brooklyn. Yes, everything that's, you know, right now it's the number one branding name out there. That if you have a name to brand, Brooklyn. So people in Portland are starting the Brooklyn Soda Company. And then there's like Brooklyn Shoe Repair in fucking Kansas. It's that important of a name. But I just can't get over the trust fund kids wearing the fedora and, you know, riding around on a rusty bicycle and listening to bands nobody gives a shit about. I just, I, I can't get into that vibe. You don't like it at all? 
Well, I mean, I, there's parts of it, but it does get very hipsterish over there. Are we, but we're, you know, we're fucking hip. Are we doing anything with the film, with Brad Pitt? Is that still going on? Wow, you're still pushing for this. Yes, no, or maybe. I'm going to say no. That sounds like a yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. I'm shocked that you think that Fez has had some fallout. That you think that Fez hasn't been at his, at his best lately. Well, I just don't think anybody's brought it up that it could be work-related. I don't think it's Fez's fault. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's management's fault. This you, a, you're blaming Rob Cross. I'm, your one-time friend. Yeah, who, who narked me out to a girl that I was looking at her. By nipples. the way, I really, first of all, I'm uncomfortable with what you did with Laura, but I am it also... It wasn't me, it was the engineer. Yeah, but sure. you could have said, don't sure. fucking treat my voiceover people this way. Not animals. It's a long day in the studio. You knew the plan. Knew you knew plan. what was going to happen to her. By the way, someday when you got nothing to do, I want to go down there with the Shrek thing and just act like you're recording me doing Shrek. And I'll just spend an afternoon pretending I have a fucking voiceover career. But um, let's get back to your stuff. This film of yours. It's, it's not a film. You put it in the Tribeca Film Festival. That it's makes the, it a film. It's the first video game that was in the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. I'm watching it play here in this funny little thing, and it looks just amazing. It's one of the. It's supposed to be one of the most beautiful games of all time, right? Yeah, the uh, it's this new facial scan technology that um, we partnered with this studio down in Australia named Team Bondi, and developed. They did all the videos for Men at Work. They're it, fucking unbelievable. It was uh, Vegemite. Yeah. Sessions. It was it was fantastic. But uh, they did, it's called Motion Scan, and you've got like thirty two high definition cameras around you that are uh. recording every angle of your face while you're talking. So. When you play the game, you'll see people, uh, you'll see actors in the game, which, you know, you recognize their faces, uh, like uh, the guy that plays Ken Cosgrove, Aaron Stanton, is the main character in the game. There's a bunch of different guys. And from, you recognize him? You recognize him, yeah. I mean, because he, he was in, it's, it's, like you're it's watching his a movie. face in the game. So it, it, it is very much like you're watching, watching the movie. Um, and the reason that, that this technology was developed is because the game is a detective thriller. So as you're... You know, you go to a crime scene, you look around for clues, and then you go up to question somebody. As you're questioning them, you're looking for like a, a nervous tick, or if they're, you know, if they're looking a, a bit dodgy when you ask them certain questions. And then based on that, you can uh, you can hit buttons to accuse them and go at them hard. If you go at them too hard, too early, they can freak out and clam up and not give you clues that you need to solve the case. So there's a bunch of real cases uh, from the 1940s, because the game's set in 1947 Los Angeles, uh, real cases from the, from the period that you're looking to solve. Now, how many asteroids do you have to blow up before you're able to move on to the next board? Um, it's endless. It's endless. Endless oh. asteroids. This is weird. You're making this more like film. This yes. looks more like a film. In the meantime... Scott Pilgrim versus the world, that looks more like a video game. There's something coming together. Now, is it more expensive now to make video games than when you started, or less expensive? Oh, I was talking to somebody last week about the budget for Grand Theft Auto 3, which came out in 2001. Mm -hmm. The budget for an Ellie Noir or Red Dead is astronomical. Uh, Ellie Noir, we spent six years working on. Um, six years. Six years. So. You know, you have to pay 
dozens and dozens of designers and coders and high-tech people that are, you know, making this amazing facial capture technology. It's a long haul financially. So it, it does these days, it, you know, it's a major deal. And yet, you stay with it. Yeah. I mean, because the technology keeps advancing. It's, you know, and you have, you're constantly reinventing yourself and the way that you capture motion, uh, you you know, constantly reinventing gameplay mm -hmm. uh, to make these worlds more immersive. I mean, when you play uh, L.A. Noir, you feel like you're in 1940s Los Angeles. I mean, all the the brands on the walls and the artwork and even the lingo, uh, like cause the, when you get into uh, a car or if you walk into a bar, there'll be a radio on. We, mm -hmm. we licensed real uh, radio shows and um, recorded a lot of dialogue and so forth. The, the research that we did was intense because there's so many things that you would say today that you would not say back then. Um, even the way that you pronounce Los Angeles on the radio, the 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 radio guys would say Los Angeles. Mm. Um, so, you know, we always work hard to keep everything authentic and and feeling like like the period. How many of your fingerprints are all over this? So if you look at this game, you could say this is mine, this is mine. Well, there's hundreds of us at Rockstar that work on it, and I'm yet you're Bondi. at the top of the fucking. No, game. I'm not. I mean, I'm everything's got to go through yeah. you. I'm a I'm a small call. No, don't say that. I am. I am. See that's that's the thing is we're a team of many people coming together. We're not into the into the glory. Like is there an eye in team? Is there an eye? Mm -hmm. No. Interesting. So there you have it. The uh, new LA, uh, and it's what just LA Noir. LA Noir comes out on Xbox and PS3 a week from tomorrow. Uh, the game is so big it fit on three uh, discs for mm -hmm. the Xbox and of course one Blu-ray for the for the PS3 but if you pre-order it at uh, GameStop's website or in person or if you uh, pre-order on Walmart.com um, there's some extra DLC cases that you can download once the game comes out so there are extra missions that you get as part of pre-ordering. You going back out on the road with this one? Nah, you know, I was gonna. You're off the road now. I'm off the road. Mm. I was, uh, the road's hard, I gotta tell you. When, for Red Dead Redemption, I was on the road for almost three weeks, and I can see the allure of heroin. Because mm, sure. you, you just, you, you wanna fucking turn it off. The, it's, it's. You need to listen to the fucking Bob Seger's Turn the Page. I mean, he lays it all out right Does there. Does he? It's all there. Uh, Laszlo in with us today. This is going to be maybe one of the biggest games you guys have ever done. Hope so. Do you feel like it's there? I, I feel like, because the interesting thing about L.A. Noir is it's unlike any other game that we've done. It's not, you know, it's not GTA, it's not Red Dead Redemption or Bully or any of these kind of things. It's very much an intellectual uh, type game. It's very cerebral and that, you know, you're walking around. Don't you worry that the game playing nation is stupid out there? Like you're looking no. at a lot of stupid people playing games? <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't not know. at all. I thought it was but on the I same mean, side as you. I've seen them as assholes. No, I mean, you... Uh, you know, it's 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 got a, an interesting mix of going to a crime scene, looking around. You know, you have this notebook that you keep all the clues in, and so when you're talking to somebody later on, interrogating them, you can hit them with like, well, "What about this clue? What about that clue?" Um, 
and you know watching their body language trying to figure out if people are full of shit or not it's mm. you know it's a it's a lot of fun and it's challenging so but there's also a like you'll be questioning somebody and they and they'll just hightail it out of the room and then you got to go chase them down so there's you know there's there are shootouts and car chases but there's also um you know more of the sort of sitting down and and trying to read people's faces well, and, it's kind of like joust it's like it's the 1980s and you're playing joust yeah sort of like you're um you're on a uh, winged beast uh. flying around. Uh, yeah, what was that thing, like an ostrich? I don't know. And then there's the eggs. Yeah. Eggs, you're probably too young to even remember when you used to actually leave the house to play video games. Oh, no, yeah. I'm fucking Nintendo, Super Nintendo generation. Mm. Never fucked around with anything else, anything else really. Fez Wiley's had a couple things on his mind today. I see that you've got papers in front of you, right? Oh, yeah. You just write down things that you could talk about later? Yeah, that I... What's on your wrist, Fezzy? Um, just a couple of awareness bracelets, unless what, you're talking you, about cat scratches. You, you're not very aware. What, what are you what, aware of? Uh, this one is for leukemia, and this one is for Harvey Milk. Are you afraid you're going to forget about leukemia? No, I don't think I'll ever forget about leukemia. So what, what happens to leukemia once you buy a bracelet? It's to make people aware that there's still research that needs to be done to help people with leukemia. And what can we do to save Harvey Milk? Harvey Milk, we can't do anything about him. Is he in jail? No, he's dead. Oh, is no. he? He was killed by, uh, I guess, a SEAL Team 6. No, I don't know who got him. Dan White? Dan White, yeah. Former councilman in San Francisco. So this is what you wanted to talk about today? No, not at all. Why don't you go through all of the stuff that you have real quick, and then fi we'll figure out what, was, what we want to learn from Fez. Oh, okay. Uh, Native American groups are upset that the code name for the Osama bin Laden... Uh, did it all morning. Um, okay. Wait, we did what all morning? We talked about bin Laden all morning. We could move on. All Fez right. didn't like it. Fez thought he should have been taken alive. Wow. Fez felt like America was bad for celebrating. It is sort of weird seeing people in the streets partying like it's a fraternity kegger. But, uh, they, were, they were dude bros. They were just frat boys really, out enjoying themselves. But you have to think, if you, you, know, if you were 10, 11 years old, even 8 years old when this happened, like, the nation's been plunged into 10 years of darkness. Yeah. So they they think that, that, you know, that time is over. Though those of us that lived, you know, during the the you know possible nuclear armageddon are just like eh you know well, you have to fucking thing. hide under your uh under your desk the uh atf says that when they're doing a raid people fear attack dogs more than they do a gun being pointed at them probably true because you fucking never really trust a dog not to bite you true see i never think that the guy is going to have full control over the dog that that dog is just going to get loose, whether the... So you believe the ATF? I believe the ATF. So you're saying to us, I'm going to read you a true statement. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's a statement that, that I decided I believe. So I think we all believe it. You're moving product, Fez? You're a little bit more worried about a guy with a gun than a dog? No, I'm worried about the dog. The gun they could call off. Yeah. The dog I'm not so sure of. All right, let's go, Fizz. What do you got? Uh, Two-thirds of men say, I love you in a new relationship before the woman does, usually in the first six, six weeks before a woman says it. I, I only, love you, he lied. I only say it after the first black eye. Black guy? I didn't, yeah, after the first black guy. Ugh. 
I'm like, why did you sleep with a black guy? I love you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You really do fucking decide that you love a woman a lot quicker if she's leaving. After, well, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Where are you going? Right. I, just, I was going to tell you I love you. And you fucked it up. You ruined a romantic moment. Yeah, I don't think women feel comfortable saying it first. Yeah, I I would say it immediately. I would say it before the appetizer was served on the first date. I'm sure. Having you, never dated, never been in a relationship. That's, that's typically how it goes, Fed, just would, so you know. I would Fred, scream it so loud. You order the food, and then you pledge <laughs> your eternal love. Um, and then later on, hanky-panky. But if you're so easy like that, why haven't you been with anyone? Why haven't you dated? If you're so quick. If you're in love with love. Um, because I think I, I like it, um... Yes? No, it's, uh, I think no? it goes more in my mind than it does in real life, obviously. You're dating your mind. In my mind, everything goes perfectly. So, and, and, you, and well, you haven't had any failures of dating, because you haven't had any. Right, yeah, but, but the in, real, real life dating makes me really, really nervous. So, in your mind, you have a fantasy of going out to dinner with someone? Uh-huh, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I thought oh, absolutely. most people's fantasies were sexual. And where do you take them? To that diner that you order from? One of my fantasies that I love is um, going to a movie with someone. Oh, I think about all those little things. So, Fez, take me through... Watching football together, that sort of thing, a nice very, brunch. Very bromance. So, listen, take me through your your sexual fantasy, okay? When when Fez... No, I'm not going to do that. Why listen, not? when Fez spanks one out, what do you think about? L.A. Noir. <laughs> wow. Don't get mad at me. It seems like you're that he's mad at you right I'm now. I'm saying that all men... I'm not going to tell you about all that. Men, it's none of your business, Laszlo. All, all men have a Rolodex in their brain that they flip through while masturbating. So, right, Pepper? Jack of time. Uh... So, what is in your Rolodex? Uh, none of your business. I'm not going to talk about that. I was talking about By the romance. Way, look at I was this. talking about love. Half Astronaut from Texas writes, It must smell like filthy oaky in that studio. <laughs> I heard Laszlo's mom blew Pretty Boy Floyd. Pretty Boy Floyd was an oaky? Filthy. I, I think so. I didn't know that. I, um... But I will say, I went a few days without uh, showering recently. Uh, does it surprise you, Fez, that most people don't fantasize about going out to dinner or going to movies or watching football games? I, I, yeah, I guess not. Is, it, is that a shocker to you, though? No, it isn't. Why are you mad about it? I just no, fucking... It was stupid to bring up. It isn't stupid. We're just trying to get to... You think if we all don't agree, fuck it. You think... All right, let's take the, the topic that we all agreed on, right? Your that's, bracelets. That's the one that had no fucking legs. Right. Here yeah. we have a chance to go, oh, wait, we have different viewpoints. So that opens up a conversation. But that's where you go, oh, then I don't want to do it. You guys don't know what I mean. And let's be honest. This is, this is four hours of stupid every day. Ouch. You know. Fuck. Well, do you think this fucking film noir is somehow <laughs> fucking <laughs> Shakespeare? Now you both mad at me. No, I was trying to make Fez feel better. There's, there are no bad ideas. They're just bad breaks. Gre uh, Greg in Detroit, Aaron Ryan Fez. Laszlo, Laszlo, Laszlo. Don't you know you're not supposed to talk directly to Fez? Oh. Talk to Opie. Talk to Opie? Well, Opie made Fez cry. All right, so go ahead, Fez. I don't want to get you in a bad place. Um, 
Let's see here. Uh, Florida, after three tries, has finally passed a bill outlawing bestiality. Whew. I ain't fucking any frogs in that damn joint. Must be a lot of gator sex going on. Well, you're from there, is there? Not that I know of. I haven't lived there in a long, long time. You're down there fucking four times a year. You're... Did he just make a weird noise? Did I? I, was doing, I just heard... <laughs> oh, I and I Sorry, thought, I didn't know I did. Sorry. I thought the ATF left something fucking loose yeah. here. I'd rather have a gun pointed at me. But you know Florida. Well, there must be somebody arguing on the other side of this. That did you it, find out why they didn't pass it? No, I tried to find out. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. It's just that it's been introduced... For this is the third year it's gotten introduced in the Florida legislature. And why does it not pass? Well, then I'm sure there's a million other things tied up with these bills, blah, blah, blah. It's not as. Most of these bills aren't just about one thing. So there's like four things on. Or they want money to stop it. But is there even bestiality from down there? When have we heard of a problem? Uh, Jimmy in Texas. Yeah, Laszlo. I, I just want to get this right. Uh... Your new game is Red Dead Redemption and uh, Grand Theft Auto with the added feature of Notebook. No, that is incorrect. Good try, however. No, Ellie Noir is very different. It's not. It's not an open world like. Uh, it's a closed like one. Red Dead. Well, I mean, it's there's there are components that you can drive around this uh, this fictional L.A. But the uh, Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto didn't have the motion scan technology and also didn't have. Um, you know, trying to solve crimes and, this is way and, better and, than Red Dead? and interrogating suspects. It's not way better. It's just different. It's a different kind of gameplay completely. But, you know, people always want to, people wanted to call Red Dead Redemption Grand Theft Horsey. It wasn't at all. Um, and it did quite well on its own and had, you know, very uh, different vibe and gameplay. LNOR is a huge departure from other games that we've done. So. Uh, Fez, the answer that you couldn't find of why this took so many times, uh -huh. lawmakers said they didn't want to be accused of wasting time addressing a rare crime when Floridians needed help to create jobs. They also didn't want to debate this disgusting subject in public meetings, occasionally, frequently, by children. So, here's what i got to get you to do when you're looking for this. Uh -huh. Use Google instead of Alta Vista. He will not get off of Alta Vista. I love uh, who I love Yahoo. Like who still goes to Yahoo? I heard about uh, a friend of mine had some Yahoo executives came in the office and uh, at this place that he works, and they they were in this meeting and and Yahoo people were saying stuff and they were like, oh, let's just look this up. Uh, and my friend says, you know, we'll just Google it. And they go, no, we don't Google it. We Yahoo it. They're still they're still holding on to the what, dream. What do they got a partnership I, I with know. fucking Yahoo? I or? I, well, no, it's just that what I'm saying is is Yahoo is still trying to work that into the lexicon where people are like you know oh I Yahoo it. It's like no people haven't Yahooed shit in eight years. It's all about the Google. Uh, and nothing new since then, right? About Bing. I know Bing, Bing, Bing. Hey Bing, you saw his head. Bing, bang, boom. Chris Sherman Fez. Yeah, hey, Laszlo, uh, have you heard uh, anything about the PlayStation Network outage? I mean, when, might, when are we going to be able to get out and play games again? What's the deal? I don't know. Uh, that is a, an absolute mess. We can't stand it. It's driving you crazy. It's, uh, well, I mean, when you have your entire online network go down, it's not good for anybody. Uh, it's not good for the industry as a whole. Uh, correct. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know who took them down. 
why they took him down, all I know is uh, I hope it, you know, comes back on at some point soon, you know, because like half of your half of your install base is on PS3, basically. So those people not able to get online is not good for people like Rockstar. You need everything up and running. Right. Your content, goddammit. You know, by the way, you know where I go instead of Yahoo for all information is where? WikiLeaks. Really? If I need anything at all, I go directly to WikiLeaks. And then a cop will show up at your house. What are you doing? What are you searching for? What does? So let me ask. Why, why the half cigar? Or have you chopped off the bit you smoked? Uh, what I do is uh, I'm no longer smoking. I'm just chewing on them. So I cut oh, really? Them. Yeah. God, um, I wish I could do that. I had two cigars in the last 48 hours. Well, that would have been a pre-breakfast for me. Um, I thought you were back on them, though. No, I'm back on them and off them again. I went, I went off them for Lent, and I'm trying to keep it going. How long ago was Lent? Um, you come in here sort of like a five-year-old kid. You just got question after question. It's a radio show. Why? Why? Yes. I don't fucking come in here and ask me about things off topic. We had a beautiful topic going with Fez about love and fantasy and all. And, and, and horse fucking. Right. And you pushed him into a room place that he feels like he's got to blow through these one after another. Did I do that, Fez? Yes. Oh, I did? Yes. Why are you mad at me? You hurt his feelings a little bit. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you what you did. I, so I made you go through these fast. These. He had a place where he felt like, oh, I've, I want to discuss like my fantasies of having lunch with people. And you made him feel bad about that. And you said, scream out every one of your sexual fantasies. And that, I, I didn't that say, was boundaries? That was problem. boundaries. I didn't say, was over boundaries. I didn't say Half scream boundaries. them out. I just thought it might be interesting to know... Since you haven't gone, you, you were just saying you haven't gone out on it's dates. It's not a shock jock show, Laszlo. It's not? No. It's in-depth fucking <laughs> really? reporting. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to know, you know, what you're thinking about when you're spanking it. People, so you're not going to let up on it. There are a lot of people writing in saying that before vacations, you guys were discussing Fez's past love interest, and you were going to come back to it. Dig in. Don't let him out of this. But that made you uncomfortable when you found out that your fantasies were somewhat different. You don't have sexual fantasies. Right. You have what we would consider the boring part of the date fantasies. Right, yeah. Just the companionship part of the relationship. That like, fantasy. What it would be like to eat a meal and see another person on the other side of the table. Exactly. Or sit at a table, yeah. You don't sit at tables? No, I just sit on the couch. Oh, well, uh, in a restaurant? Oh, no, at a restaurant I use a table. Okay, that's what we were talking about. All right, we'll, we'll go back to square one. So your point was, you sit down, you can't get to sleep, you start thinking about going out to lunch with someone. Oh, yeah, like if I, like if I had to get home to meet someone for dinner. If I had dinner plans with somebody. You're like, so when you're finished, you're like, Ron, I got to get out of this meeting right now. My lover is waiting for me at home. Okay. Uh, by the way, somebody that I think that you should use in one of your games, and I've asked you time and time again to use Brazilian Julie in your next game. Have you decided on that? I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Why on the fence? I got to see. What does she look like? Can't get that studio cool enough? Hey, Higgs, do me a favor and find some pretty pictures of Brazilian Julie. Um... But here's a guy that would be perfect for you, Rorschach. Great voice, loves video games. How are you, Rorschach? Hey, guys. Uh, 
I wanted to. Uh, oh, I'm fine. I wanted to ask uh, Laszlo, what is the uh, delay on Red Dead Redemption for the PC? What? Why is it taking so long? I don't know. They, those 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 kind of decisions aren't uh, left up to me. They, oh. uh, that's no. Those are those that those are decisions made by smart uh, publishing type folks in the office. Me, I'm uh, busy playing with the thermostats. You feel like okay. the, the the caller's been tough today, huh? Brutal. Yeah, and I, I, feel, and I feel like that. you're setting me up. No, I don't even know all these questions. I know nothing no, but about I see, the gaming industry. I understand how Fez feels. You just set me up. What is it? What, what am I setting you up with? Just set me up. Trying to get a rise out of me. What What have I done? Because I'll be the first to apologize. Taking Rorschach's call? <laughs> I don't even know Rorschach. But that, I that, mean, was a, that was a good question. Maybe you should. But what part set you up? I just think, you know, we, we see how you do this. You well, know, you I, select calls that are going to upset fans because you make first it think all, it's good radio. I am going to, I'm going what? to fucking tell you right now. I'm not looking at a, a ton of fucking calls with this. There's like, there's like three. Uh, yeah. I, well, one, I'm going here just like to the hotline to my friend. Like, well, hopefully, you know, Rorschach has something that, you know, because people, uh, it seemed like with the last game, I guess, that you came in on, the buildup was a little more than this game. Um... I don't know if I'd agree with that. There's a lot of build-up for this. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just—I know the last time that you came in, you were wearing a cowboy hat and everybody was fucking going crazy. <laughs> and you know, of course, then the uh, one before that was, you know, the sequel game, and people are crazy about them. Right. Are you going to do another one? Who knows? We're busy focusing on L.A. Noir and Max Payne. You well, must be well, working on something you know, because this, this one was six years ago. It started. But see, that's that's logic. I don't want to. But this shouldn't feel like sixty minutes, Rorschach. You and uh, Rorschach, <laughs> Laszlo. This whole thing has turned into this really fucking strange place where I just thought you were going to come in and hang out. I, mean, I didn't I'm know hanging. there I, was going to be this kind of weird beef that would start to go down. I want you to feel good. I just want. I just you know, I don't feel like I can chat with Fez like I used to. The, the absence of it. I mean, why, wait, why would you blame that on me? Because you're the ringleader of this circus. I am, there's really? no fucking circus. There's three guys. Laszlo, you were the one who said start talking about all your sexual fantasies and what you think about when you jack off. Ronnie never brought that up. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's Thank you, Rorschach. True. It's a good topic, though. I, I was all into it. I was happy. I thought maybe you bull ran him a little fast, that we could have dug in a little bit until you started, you know... Prying, but you know that's uh, you know that's neither here nor there. I'm happy that you got a great product that you're out to promote. I feel like this is going to be a big one for you guys. I hope so. When, when does uh, when does the uh, LA uh, Noir come out? You haven't even said yet. Oh, I'm sorry. It comes out a week from tomorrow uh, on May oh, okay, May seventeenth. Cool. If you if you pre-order it, there's a bunch of extra DLC cases that you get um, as a bonus for pre-ordering. So GameStop.com or do it in person at GameStop, Amazon, Walmart. Well, I'm definitely going to get it. I just the the lack of Red Dead Redemption on my PC is a gaping hole. You know, I mean, what what's the story there? Well, I, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of game developers focus on the console market first, uh, and then. And then, you know, the PC a bit later. I mean, I don't even know what is planned to come out for the for the PC. Um, but, you know, X Xbox and, and PS3, most that's where most game companies, you know, focus their energies. Blizzard doesn't. 
Well, that's true. Fuck them. But that's uh, what we say. Fuck no, them. I mean, if you just, I, I never was able to really wrap my head around it until you realize that, you know, an Xbox or a PS3 is a static environment that you can test code on. Every person in in the world has a different computer with different configuration and a different sound card and a different motherboard and different RAM and there are so many conflicts. It's it is very, very hard work to develop for and the then PC. It's months and months of patching and yeah. And and you know, as soon as it's and then you never want to release something um that's that's not you know finished and completely uh locked down because if you do and there's you know if two percent of people's uh PCs are having trouble, those are a very vocal two percent. Um, right. And they, you know, tend to get on message boards. Well, why don't you just put out no product then, and then nobody will ever complain That's, about you? It's, it's a, f- a fantastic idea, uh, Rorschach. I want to talk to you tomorrow though about the storms and all that hit down there. And I'm glad you're okay, buddy. Are you in Alabama? Yeah, I'm in Alabama. Just real close to it all, too. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll call back tomorrow. I will right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, let's go over here to Mikey Boy, the birthday boy. Mikey, how are you, pal? I think it was back in November I was lucky enough to come into Rockstar and read a few lines, and they didn't tell me anything about it at the time. Is it likely that the stuff I read for was actually for L.A. Noir? Yes. You got cut. (laughs) You will not be in the game. You're on the cutting room floor. So do you you know if Mikey Boy's in the game? Uh, If he came in and recorded some lines for us, then it's uh, 95% certainty that that he's in it. Who, Who hooked you up, Mikey Boy? Um, actually, it happened because after Lazo was on the show last time, I, he said something about sometimes they like to use regular people. And so I just sent him an email afterwards, and then months later I heard back. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we, there's sort of two different kinds of recording that we did for L.A. Noir. One was where you have to go into this crazy spacesuit thing and sit down in the motion scan with these, like, $20,000 of the lights blinding you and all and 32 high def cameras where they capture your face. So we did that for hundreds of actors and then there's um other sort of ambient characters like Ron, Laura, Mikey Boy uh that sort of fill out the world. Mm. Extras. I got to get you in sooner. Mm. Sure. All you got to do is pick up the phone. But now we're in this so we Mikey Boy, happy birthday to you. Last week, but thank you. Um, I'm only going by what the callers say. See, and I used to try to. I, it was very difficult to get in touch with you and Fez back during the Earl days. It was easier in, during it, the Earl days. It was harder. It was very difficult. He he wouldn't if he wouldn't even let me walk into the studio to retrieve my lunch one time that I'd left in here. He was very hungry. There's <laughs> a lot of uh, complaints that you've had today, Laszlo. I'm very surprised to see it. You got off to a, a thing where Fez is now staring daggers. You've complained about Chris Stanley. Come on. Um, Chris, Chris, I guess you're not answering messages. I'm dodging bill creditors, but I'll Google the phone number and see, hey, this guy is the bill creditor. I guess I'll call him back. So shouldn't we push for a bigger salary for Chris Stanley? Uh, That's your buddy Rob Cross. Get him behind it. Yeah. Well, after the shit that I said earlier, I doubt he's going to be amicable. This did not go the way we wanted it to go today. No, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, I've always enjoyed you. Uh, you're glaring right now. I can't mm-hmm. even fucking relax and enjoy, you know, ending this up. Uh, why are you still glaring? Well, I just feel like uh, like Laszlo was trying to come in and uh, sabotage anything. I, I feel like he was going for a cry. Oh, no, no, not at all. I wouldn't want to. Because when other men cry, I cry. 
It's like when you're at a party and somebody throws up and then you throw up. How is that different than coming when another man comes? It seems exactly the same. Because at least you get something out of it. Why would you cry if, if another guy start crying? Oh, it's just, you know, it's like watching a sad movie. Mm, you know, you're, you feel very emotionally connected to this. Never had that happen before. Really? Let me cry. <clears throat> is that a cry? I mean, it kind of <laughs> felt like it. No, nothing. So you're bound and determined not to cry today. Right, yeah. What part made you feel like he was trying to make you cry? Well, when it was like, I already told him I'm not going to discuss my sexual fantasies, and I kept getting the, come on, come on, come on. What's your other stuff, Fez? Maybe you'd be happier with the other stuff. Well, there. Uh, I was. Uh, congratulations to Jay Moore and Nikki Cox on the birth of their first child together. So I was checking out his Twitter page yesterday and noticed that as I was thinking, oh, this is a nice time for them. What, what do you name the baby? Meredith Daniel Moore. I like that. So he's going for Dandy Don Meredith, but turned it around? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess it's backwards, yeah. yeah. So, But then I noticed as I was looking at some of his tweets about the baby, just looking for baby information, he took uh, credit for half slices again. No problem. That it was just out there, we should open a pizza place in Chelsea called Half Slices. It's a great bit. So I'm thinking, all right, did I just look at an old tweet or something? And it was just a few hours earlier on Sunday. So what's your point here? Are you trying to start... Stuff between me and Jay? No, I'm not trying to start stuff. You know how stuff. fond just... I am of Jay? If he needs that joke, please. Take it and run with it, sir. Take it and run with it. But I thought it had all been established that that was yours. I thought that was all out in the open, that it was out there. Who cares one way or another? Am I going to do anything with it? If it's by stealing your material is what he's... What Fez is saying. Do you think this is the first time? No. Somebody's going to be funny. No, you're trying to turn me against Jay? Jay just had a baby. Little Meredith. Meredith Daniel? Meredith Daniel Moore. Thanks, I like that. You, know, you can't name a baby like a regular name anymore. you got to come up with an entirely new, like, what? Wait, that's a name? You've got to go that far. you got to start throwing numbers in there. Yeah, every, all, the, all the names now sound like some like paint chips at Home Depot. Yeah, They've right. got all sorts of weird... Fruity stuff in them. Uh, we got Kinky Friedman coming up, right? Kinky's going to also sing songs for us. Yep. This guy's guitar. All right, this is exciting. All right, uh, we'll break right back with, uh, and he's got a couple books out. What would Kinky do? And Heroes of a Texas Childhood. Uh, right back, Run Fest Show. The Run Fest Show on the virus. Son of a bitch. What did you say? You goddamn son of a bitch. Say that again. You goddamn mean son of a bitch. Say it faster. You goddamn mean dirty son of a bitch. I wouldn't make it a habit calling me that son. Hey, I'll say Christopher in the smoke in the hall. Hunkle down the rumble seat, let the radiator fall. Got it over here, down ship in a Go back, it's the Ron and Fez show. Very excited to have Kinky Friedman stopping by. Kinky's playing the Highline Ballroom in New York, uh, 431 West 16th Street tonight. Doors open at 8 o'clock. Also, check out tour dates on Kinky's website, kinkyfriedman.com. You can pick up uh, Kinky's books as ebooks. 
Go to kinkyfriedman.com. The new books is Heroes of a Texas Childhood and What Would Kinky Do? Let's bring him in, the legendary Kinky Friedman. by with us a couple of uh, brand new books out sir and yeah. uh, good to see you here in a in a post uh, asama world uh, it's very nice to be here uh, out on uh, out on tour again playing the highline tonight oh uh, yeah we are we're playing that up in new york and then uh, the avalon theater in uh, eastern maryland mm -hmm. tomorrow night and then the Birchmere on Friday the 13th. Are you one of the guys that likes the road, or the road uh, gets a little wearing? I like the road. Yeah. Yeah, I think the road defines people. I think it's very important. I think if Willie stopped doing what he's doing, or Bob Dylan did, they would just die. I and, yeah, you know, neither one of those guys has, has come off the road. No, and uh, that's good. For that's, years. That's inspiring, I think. That's... I thought, uh, I think uh, Steve Earle was in here the other day, and he said he He's had a the chance one. to open up for Dylan in 89. He goes, oh, I better do this. It could be Dylan's last tour. And I don't think Dylan has been off the road since 89. No. He's been out there constantly. That's right. Um, but you also uh, keep writing the books, and let's go over a couple of these heroes <clears throat> of a Texas childhood. These are your own personal... Yeah, before I do this, I should also yeah. say we'll be uh, playing uh, the Midnight Ramble with Levon. Uh, oh, that's very, Woodstock. very cool. Yeah, on, uh, I guess this coming Saturday night, yeah, uh, the 14th. And you're, you're playing that up in Woodstock? Yes, or? yes. Have you been up for those uh, before? Yeah, I've been at one of them. Uh, 
Levon is another guy like yourself who just writes his own kind of rule book, doesn't he? Well, yeah, and you know, if you want to see great music today, see an old guy. See, yeah. uh, see, see Levon, see Bob Dylan, see Willie, see Merle Haggard or Christopherson. Uh, that's about it. That's your chance to, uh, because I think young people are getting it that they were born too late. I certainly know I was born too late. Uh huh. So there's nobody up and coming because there's a lot of uh, terrific. Texas singer or songwriters, but there's none of the young guys that you're a well, fan of. Well, you say that. Yeah. You know, uh, there's kind of a, the only theme I can find in Texas songwriter music today is we hate Nashville, but we'd really love to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, in Nashville, mm -hmm. you've got these corporate whorehouses that the publishers have, where three guys like us would uh, all, uh, you know, we'd say, oh, we've got a songwriter's uh, appointment at 445 today. And we sit in this this room for two hours, the three of us, and down the hall there's three more guys and three more guys, and that never, never produces King of the Road. No, it doesn't, does it? No. It it does seem to make something that people find palatable, though. Like those songs, they almost immediately come out sounding like a Chevy or a Bud. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're they're derivative. You're exactly yeah. right. It's like. Yeah, it's like a car commercial today with all these people standing around saying, my God, Jesus, look at this fucking, pardon my Shakespeare, of course, look at this beautiful car, this, the Chevy, the new Chevy. It's so, And the damn thing looks like every other car. It looks exactly like, you can't even tell it's a Chevy or a yeah. Ford or what the hell it is. And then, of course, the good cars, where are they? Well, cash for clunkers took them. Yeah, they're all gone. Yeah. Um, but doesn't it get to your work in the road a little bit that the country has become kind of, uh, gentrified that wherever you go in the country kind of resembles the other parts of the country now yes it's become homogenized uh, trivialized sanitized you're absolutely right um, and I would say we've been uh, we've had a tsunami of political correctness warned um, uh, the, the woman who was the really the the um, Cassandra who warned us about it was a uh, african-american uh, politician named uh, statesman really named barbara jordan from texas mm. first black congressperson from the south and uh, she barbara jordan in the sixties was saying political correctness will do us in if we're not careful now we've reached that point we've reached the point where if a young richard pryor came into the studio and we tried everything we could we could not break him in the mainstream we couldn't break a young mel brooks or a george carlin today i think mm. it'd be very difficult and uh, if we had all the money in the world, we couldn't make the movie Blazing Saddles. So, so we have taken a giant cultural step backwards. Is there any reason, is there anything that came up that made that happen? Is there something that, that you think is, you know, that you could say here was a turning point where kind of free speech issues were lost? Well, that's, that's a good question. I think it's just a, a pendulum swinging. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it'll come back. Uh, it's just like, why is uh, country music from Nashville on the radio, why does it suck? Mm -hmm. uh, all music, rock music, why does that suck? How come we don't have a Jimi Hendrix coming up there, right. or a Janis Joplin, or a Bob Dylan? And and you look at the, how clever the songwriting used to be with uh, Willie and Shel Silverstein and Roger Miller. Brilliant people. Christopherson, all writing at the same time in Nashville, you mm -hmm. know? And that's what reminded me of, I'm, I'm working on a book with the Billy Bob Thornton, the actor, and uh, he came up with a song that I want to use that title of his song for the title of the book, which is, Hey Me, I'm Talking to You. 
<laughs> and you don't hear that just struck me that's cleverer than anything that's come out of Nashville in 10 years. Yeah. Hey, me, I'm talking to you. Well, you know, when you're talking about two of both, uh, you know, that music, as soon as we dropped the end, as soon as it, it went from country and western to just western, or we dropped the rock and roll and it just became rock, it almost is like they pulled the brand in to kind of corporate <laughs> it up a little bit. Um, it's suddenly like they caught up with both of those sides of music. And instead of people coming in going, how do we turn this guy into somebody? They say, here's the kind of guy we want to, we want to make. Well, well, there's that, there's some conflicting forces at the same time, counter, countervailing winds. Um, the, uh, books that we talked about, Heroes of a Texas Childhood, that mm -hmm. book you have right there, the latest, uh, 23 Heroes of Mine as a Kid. We are able now, that book and a lot of my early mysteries are made available through kinkyfriedman.com as ebooks and audiobooks that I'm reading myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this all with a friend who is hip to all the high-tech stuff that I'm not. And, and if you go to the website, I mean, if, if, let's say you've had kinky books in the past, you had a kinky collection and cats pissed on it or something, you know, and you want to download this thing, you can get them. Uh, on Amazon or Apple or whatever, Barnes and Noble. And this cuts out the big publishers. It cuts out the chain bookstores. Right. Uh, power agents and publicists and so forth. The whole, uh, rigmarole, all that's gone. And, um, that's good. I think mm -hmm. that's to the good. Uh, the bad side, of course, of the technology, which I think, I think the high tech thing is a million different ways of saying, absolutely nothing i think that's the problem yeah um, and uh so i've um, what i think the internet really is the dark side of it is a uh, 57 year old pedophile in new jersey is pretending to be a 27 year old surfer in san diego he contacts a 14 year old girl in uh, montana who really is a middle-aged vice cop in miami <laughs> that is the internet that is the complete and the odd thing now is, like, crimes are taking place, and there wouldn't even be crimes in the past. I mean, these people are on other sides of the country from each other. Of course, remember, I hate pedophiles as much as anybody, right. but they always do slow down in school zones. Uh, Kiki, you're going to sing one of uh, your songs sure. for us. Which one are you going to do for us first? Well, let's do one that fits with the uh, political correct mood of the country. There's, and there's this. Well, a redneck nerd in a bowling shirt was a guzzling Lone Star beer. Talking religion and a politics for all the world to hear. They ought to send you back to Russia, boy, or New York City, one. You just want to doodle a Christian girl and you kill God's only son. I said, has it occurred to you, you nerd, that that's not very nice? We Jews believe it was Santa Claus that killed Jesus Christ. You know, you don't look Jewish, he said, near as I could figure. I had you lamped for a slightly anemic, well-dressed country nigger. Oh, they ain't making Jews like Jesus anymore. They don't turn the other cheek the way they'd done before. He started in to shouting and spitting on the floor. What? They ain't making Jews like Jesus anymore. He says, now I ain't a racist, but Aristotle Onassis is one Greek we don't need. 
and them niggers, Jews, and Sigma News, all they ever do is breed. And wops and mix and slopes and spicks and spooks are on my list. And there's one little hebe from the heart of Texas. There anyone I missed? Well, I hits him with everything I had right square between the eyes. I says, I'm going to get you, you son of a bitch, you spouting that pack of lies. If there's one thing I can't abide, it's an ethnocentric racist. Now you take back that shit you said about Aristotle Onassis. All they making Jews like Jesus anymore. We don't turn the other cheek the way we done before. You could hear that honky holler as he hit that hardwood floor. Lord, they making Jews like Jesus anymore. All they making Jews like Jesus anymore. They ain't making carpenters who know what nails are for. Well, the whole damn place was singing as I strolled right out the door. Lord, Jesus, they ain't making Jews like Jesus anymore. That's uh, Kinky Friedman. Thank God he cleaned it up for the radio. Um, but uh, so uh, you don't think anybody could write that song today? And I don't think you could play it without getting fired. Yeah, for yeah. most. Uh, I, I know uh, the only guy I think that tries to do that on a commercial thing is uh, Man Cow does in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Imus uh, did, and you see what happened to him there when when they they didn't nail him for that. But uh, right. he always used to. And, uh, which which is really ridiculous. This is a song that is an anthem against bigotry. Right. And anyone who listens to it with a brain the size of a small Welsh mining town uh, would be aware of that. So to do what the politicians did to me in Texas uh, when I ran for governor, both Republicans, mostly Democrats, I'll mm-hmm. say, that you open a newspaper and you say, Kinky Friedman accused of racism. You can't explain it to the masses or to the mainstream. Right. You can't explain why this song might be important, why it might skewer racism, why it's a mirror held up to racism. They just uh, they hear uh, the uh, so-called N-word, and uh, that's it. Yeah. He's a racist. Well, it's always been difficult, I think, for you know satire and music. Sure. Randy Randy Newman constantly gets accused of things. Well, he he deserves most of it. <laughs> he really does. He's, I think he's very uh, one of the few. He's got an arrogance about him that I don't especially like. So you're you're not a fan of his at all, and you no. think that he he will actually. But use... I am a fan of Van Dyke Parks, who invented and discovered him. Right. Who who is touring Australia with me soon? Van Dyke uh, next month, the month of June, we're doing a tour together of Australia, twenty shows. Van Dyke orchestrated the cello on the song "Good Vibration." Yeah. And the reason I don't have much time for Randy Newman is I only have. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. I never met the guy. I only have. I thought short people was mean spirited and and not very funny. And uh, 
And I have only two areas of interest today, and that is Libya and Charlie Sheen. And nothing that, else really you know, gets me. So. so between those two things, it's keeping you busy. So I love completely. Randy Newman, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess you followed the uh, Osama stuff. And it's been said before that you were one of the few people that could get along with the Clintons. You got along with the Bushes. You consider these people kind of friendly. Yeah. And uh, did you think that Bush got short-sighted? Of course, of course he did. Yeah. Uh, no, what? Uh, did I think of Bush did not get credit for bringing yeah. down uh, bin Laden? Of course. No. Bush, Bush really laid the groundwork for that. And the problem is that politics is a fundamentally dishonest profession. Mm -hmm. And the people that are good at it, we call them politicians. They're, they're about as opposite of musicians as you could be. I mean, this is really, I'm, I'm amazed, especially on a show like this, where you can exactly tell the truth. Right. And let the chips fall where they may. I mean, it would probably be better for me to say, what, I love Randy Newman, I hate yeah. uh, whatever. I mean, I, I really don't care. I, mean, I, I haven't thought about him. And seriously, because yeah. I, I do only care about Libya and Charlie Sheen. So he doesn't fit into that picture unless he went to Libya with, with Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen and, and then it would be important to him. Tried to kill Gaddafi <laughs> or something, then I would like him. But, uh, so, but musicians can better run this country than politicians. And, and, we won't get a hell of a lot done in the morning, but we'll work light, and we'll be honest. Mm -hmm. And musicians are fundamentally creative people, and my definition of an artist is somebody who's ahead of his time and behind in his rent. And uh, people like that are what we need in government. We're not getting them. We're mm -hmm. getting just the opposite. And I think a good comparison is uh, Rick Perry, the governor of Texas. I've, my last will and testament is when I die, I'm to be cremated, and the ashes are to be thrown in Rick Perry's hair. But Rick Perry and Obama are not so different. Yeah. They're not so different at all. They hate each other. Right. Because one's a crip and one's a blood. Right. But basically, um, I think they're really good politicians, and, and they're great candidates, and they're both pretty weak leaders. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see a man of the people there, and I'm not just singling out Obama or, or Barry Manilow or, or anybody else here. I'm, I'm saying... We don't have anybody that's really inspiring in right. politics today. And Texas won. Texas, just speaking for Texas, the Democrats once had Barbara Jordan, Molly Ivins, and Ann Richards, three women who had more balls than, than most people in the state, most men in the state. And Texas is a place where the men are men and the emus are nervous. So we're actually in a world that you can't be outspoken. And I think that... Has no, you can't. That, yeah. point, a great point. Yeah. That's the point that Billy Bob makes, is that uh, if you tell the truth, you just get in trouble. Right. That's all. That's and is that happens. one of the things that keeps you interested in Charlie Sheen? Here he is going against the grain. Uh, well, I'd vote for him over Obama, I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like what he's doing. Um, he's burning the candle at both its ends, yeah. Um, but we need... Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest danger is political correctness and uh, and this, what you talked about, this homogenization. Right. Uh, this fact that every place looks the same and is the same and that we're all chain people going to chain restaurants and chain bookstores. Yeah. Now, what the the good part the Internet has done is it has broken those chains uh, where you're no longer dependent upon the giant publishing house and the chain bookstore. You can just go to a website, go to... Amazon or Apple or whatever the hell these places are. I don't know much about them. But you can get the book that you want. And I'll tell you what, reading something you wrote 25 years ago without slashing your wrist is uh, difficult to do. But for me, the, the, there's 18 mysteries, and there's 30 books in all that I've churned out 
I mean carefully crafted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and reading them, I've forgotten how they ended. So uh, for me, it holds up anyway because I I don't know, and I I think they're pretty good. I mean I. Hell, I don't know. It's uh, so, so the internet is not all bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, I know, though. You and I both are chewing on unlit cigars. That we live in a world where two cigar smokers are sitting across from each other, and we can't light them up. Uh, here in New York, not only can you no longer smoke a cigar in a bar, uh, Central Park, walking along the river, they've got it down to just a very, very small slither. It is of area that you can smoke. It is uh, un-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question about it. It's simple as it can be. Put up a restaurant, uh, Ron and Kinky's Bar, mm-hmm. smoking aloud. Now, if you bring your kid in there or if you work there, you're going to get smoke. And place next door can be no smoking. Uh, that's the way America should be. But instead, we've got, a, like in Texas, which I never thought would succumb to this, right. we've got all these politicians who were, they were hall monitors when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And they grew up to be power control addicts, control addicts. And they know that the smoking group is a small niche of people and that they're can they like, a, they have leprosy and they can be picked on and most people would be favorable. Most of the politically correct suburban uh, people would, would like the idea that you can't smoke within 25 foot of a building and so forth. And so Lance Armstrong, who I admire for mm-hmm. other reasons, started this smoking ban. I don't admire Lance for that. I mean, I, I like Lance. And Lance always, uh, when we argue about this, he used to tell me, we're doing it for your health, Kinky, don't you understand? And now I've done some research, and it turns out there's seven countries, Greece, Italy, France, Israel, Japan, Spain, and Portugal, that's seven. Every one of those countries has a, a much higher smoking per capita uh, than, Amer- than America. Much more, many more people smoke per capita in those seven countries. Every one of the seven also has a much longer life expectancy than America. So all we can con- conclude from this is speaking English is killing us. Are <laughs> uh, you going to do another song for us, Kenki? Sure. All right. What's this one? Uh, this is a... Uh, this, is, this, is, this is a song I haven't done in a while. If I made a wish on every fallen star Falling just outside of heaven's window If I had the songs from Willie's old guitar And the dreams I left behind me on my pillow And if I gave it all to you If I took the fall for you Could you make it spring? Lady, yesterday You smiled just like a lover and a friend Lady, yesterday You danced like it was yesterday again They say that love's a paper boat upon the sea They say that love is a reflection on the river They say that love's a thing that's never meant to be 
They say that love is a thing that's meant to be forever. And if I gave it all to you, if I took the fall for you, could you make it spring? Late yesterday, you smile just like a lover and a friend. Late yesterday, you dance again. It's Kinky Friedman. I'll do a happy little Jewish prospector dance. <laughs> uh, Kinky, thanks so much for stopping in here today. Ron, and, a pleasure. And I'll see you the next time through. Yeah, and uh, in the meantime, find what you like and let it kill you. The Ron and Fez Show. On the virus. Let's review the rules. Here's how it works. The president makes decisions. He's the decider. The press secretary announces those decisions. And you people of the press type those decisions down. Make, announce, type. Just put them through a spell check and go home. Ron and Fez show. Uh, Laszlo and I were just talking about uh, dead babies and Kinky Friedman before that. Uh, by the way, Al Scooper said dead babies can take care of themselves, but I don't know whether he was being ironic. But you were saying you're, with Kinky, you were nodding your head yes, 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 and then you hit a certain point with him where you couldn't hold it up anymore. Well, I was just, you know, politically, uh, I, I follow him, like people mm. like him and Ron Paul and, you know, that, that whole movement. Libertarian type. The whole sort of libertarian where it's like. They're, I'm with them 100%, and then they turn a corner. I'm like, whoop, we just went to Crazyville. Right. What point for you did it get odd? I, I couldn't tell. The Libya Charlie Sheen thing, I, I I don't think that he was being facetious. No, I think he, he means, I think he sees Charlie Sheen as the guy who said, fuck it, and he likes that. Yeah. And what he was saying about the Libyan thing is basically that if you say you're going to get someone, you got to get them. You can't kind of go after them. You can't box someone in. But that's also not libertarian because real libertarians don't even think we should be over there. Right. You know? So all those guys, and just like I'm into free speech, except for Randy Newman. Fuck him. <laughs> shit. That cracks me up. And there's no one but the old guys are the only good ones. Like, I fucking, you know, I like all the, all the guys that he, you know, brought up. I, I think you're fucking great. But I don't think that's the end of the line. I think there's people out there doing good music. Yeah, the door didn't close behind them. Yeah. You know, there's still people coming in. And I will agree, though, that country music is disgusting. It's, you know, it's twangy. It's awful. It's twangy pop. And, mm -hmm. I mean, if you look back at when Johnny Cash, you know, got together with Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin brought him back and that, you know, album uh, won a Grammy, country radio didn't play a fucking lick of it. They, mm -hmm. they wouldn't touch it, you know, and he won that Grammy and then released that full page ad now that's famous of Johnny flipping off the uh, camera and says, you know, Johnny Cash would like to thank America's, you know, country radio stations for all their support on his Grammy, you know, winning album. Um, it, it's like they won't touch those guys, but this twangy sort of Chevy commercial horseshit, I totally agree with them on that. It's really, really funny, and I was serious when I said about when you're talking about country and western music, that's fucking great music. When they dropped the western and it became country, 
and they dropped the rock and roll, and it just became straight rock. You're like, where did they fucking should have dropped soul from both of those fucking things? It's sort of like it just became corporate. Yeah, sort of like when rap morphed into hip hop. You, you know, you stopped hearing about people, you know, rapping about certain causes and things. It, it just it kind of took this this weird path after, right. after Public Enemy, where it just turns into bitches hoe bling stuff, and there's no right. sort of like activism to it. I mean, you listen to some of that old Merle Haggard and things like that, there very much was an independence kind of activism to it, and now it literally does feel like a truck commercial. See, the Libertarian show, I would love to sit down and, and do one with some people who could talk about it, because I think if I was living out in fucking West Texas or somewhere, I could get being a libertarian. But there's 300 million people in the country. It's very difficult to let everybody... Look, Fez was crying today because people went out and celebrated after something, you know? Like, we get really... We feel like we're penned in by other people. So we do need some kind of fucking order. But what is the order? It all feels like sometimes just too fucking overwhelming to keep bitching about, you know? Yeah, and that whole component of everything should be a toll road, you know, sort of the, the Ann Randians sort of get into that, where it's just like, you know, why should I have to pay for a road in Minnesota? You know, everything yeah. should be a toll road if you use it, pay for it, and, you know, privatize the planet. Well, the the fucking funny thing is a lot of people saying that got their money from the Northeast. You know what I mean? Like, do you really think you'd have fucking dams in Tennessee if you would have paid for them yourself? Do you think you'd have roads in fucking Montana if that fucking money didn't come in? From the Northeast, and you look at something like where government is used right now, look at Alabama, when that shit hits, everyone starts yelling in the fucking TV camera, help us, what is, where's the country right now? You know, as soon as the, the storm hit New Orleans, everyone's like, where is Bush? What are we going to do? Somebody on Bill Maher, maybe it was Bill Maher the other night, or somebody on his show, said that the government has become... An insurance company with an army. And I thought that was a fucking brilliant line. Because we're really not sure what even our government is supposed to do anymore. Uh, but I don't want to keep this from you, Fizz. Well, I was thinking the thing that Kinky said about he was shocked that um, anti-tobacco laws would pass in Texas. Well, that's the whole held hostage thing. That's where you don't get the highway money. Unless you start cooperating. You say that, but people on the street are fine with the fucking tobacco laws. I am not running into non-smokers going, this is fucking ridiculous. And, you know, when people call me up and they're always going, we ought to do something about this. I go, you're not going to get people down. People will never fight for fucking dope because they feel ridiculous to say legalized dope. They're never going to fight for pornography. They feel ridiculous. And they're never going to fight for tobacco. Look at the drinking and driving laws. When that started, they went, this is not going to work. Restaurants will go belly up and everybody falls in line. You know that you could fucking drive on a fucking six pack. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. When you actually, the, the, the mile from, like one mile from your house, when you're, when you're driving after a six pack, when mm -hmm. you pull into that into that garage and and the door goes down it's like you won a video game right it just you feel fantastic and yet there was a fucking time even as i was a kid of you people get warnings for drinking and driving oh i, I had a suitcase of bud ice yeah behind the seat 
And our punishment was, can you pour it out, please, and go home? Right. And we were deep into the thing. Right. A friend of mine fucking drove across the country with fucking beer the whole way. Drank across the country. We drove from Philadelphia to San Francisco with fucking product and still did not occur to us that we shouldn't be drinking because we were, you know, you get fucking bored driving. My buddy, um, his name was Mange, he had a a trooper, uh, like the Zuzu Trooper or whatever, Mm -hmm. Pathfinder or something, and he installed a pony keg in the back seat and same thing, drove across country, but they had beer on tap. That, you know, and the, the, the line actually came in between the seats in front so that they could pour themselves beers. They were picking up hitchhikers, getting them shit-faced, <laughs> letting them off. And so the weird thing is no one considered that crazy. It was like, oh, great idea. <laughs> yeah, it was you awesome. know what I mean? Like, but, no, but now you'd be like, you'd Innovation. make the paper. If they fucking pulled that thing over, it would end up on the fucking news. Like, you're not going to believe this, ladies and gentlemen. But people literally thought, well, we can fucking handle this but i have to say it's become it's become very sort of northeast kind of because if you go to some parts of the south um and even up into the red i was in uh, an area redneck area of massachusetts a, a weekend ago and there were people drinking in the parking lot of the liquor store like while their buddy went in to go get more right like sitting there pounding tall boys and then they you know would pull out <clears throat> so it's no people will do it but people get busted now and I don't think I don't think it matters all that. Just the fact that when they started having smoking laws, and people in Texas started immediately saying this will never happen here, and then Houston fucking, you know, falls in the line, and and you're like really, and then a year later you're not even debating it anymore. Nah, it's gone. And like if you're smoking out now, people can walk out and say move down the sidewalk, and smokers will just be like okay. I'm sorry, I didn't know that the, you... Even though you can legally smoke there. Yeah, this building's the fucking Gestapo. Uh, there's a hospital in my neighborhood, and it says no smoking in or outside. I can like you can't smoke walking down the fucking sidewalk. Bullshit. You're not paying for this fucking sidewalk. I'm sorry you're a fucking hospital, but still, it's not all your fucking business. And yet... No, well, we go through this with Fez today. No one wants to be on the wrong side of an argument. Everyone wants to feel like my argument that I have is also the majority argument. Everyone is afraid to say, I'm a minority with this fucking thought, but I still think I'm fucking right. So we have to go, well, the polls say, fuck the polls. The polls are fucking crazy most of the time. Uh, So, Kinky, overall, did you like him or dislike him? I liked him. He's got the rebel spirit. He does. I mean, you know, he is fucking friends with uh, Willie. Uh, he couldn't wait to come in here and play some songs. He felt like, fuck yeah, I don't get to play this anymore. Um, and the fact that you can be from Texas and still dress up like a costume character in that, you know, the hat and the long coat. Are you here to fucking rob a train or fucking do a radio show? Go ahead, plug your thing again, would you please? Oh, uh, Ellie Noir. Comes out on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 uh, a week from tomorrow on May 17th from Rockstar Games and Team Bondi. You can uh, pre-order it now to avoid disappointment. Um, I'm saying that uh, Twitter is 50-50 on him. Strong feelings either way. That's the way I guess should be. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. While he was in here, I was 50-50 on him, (laughs) which I'm fine with. I want to have... The guy coming on going, me thinking, I don't even know if I agree with that. 
I'd rather him spit out all this stuff, and then you can sit around and go, wait, who was just in here, and what the fuck was he talking about? He was wound up. Yeah. Um, well, Asla, I'm sorry you did not make Fez cry. I didn't want so to. That was not the point. That. It's a good effort. I did not make any effort. I swear to you, that was not my intention. I was just more interested in hearing some Fez stories. You almost did. I think if you would have massaged it a little bit instead of trying to rip Going his fucking... Going hard? Yeah, you, instead of like rubbing his back, he tried to rip his shirt off and he started screaming. If you would have taken his time and heard some of his boring things, he might have got to the exciting stuff for you. Big long stroke daddy fucking talk that you were looking for. Um, but I hope you come back again when it's a lot less tense. Yeah. And I hold no grudges about you blaming Fez's actions on me. But you know what's weird, Fez, that you can't... People are now seeing me as a puppet master. This is becoming a new thing. Like, you don't have your own thoughts and feelings that somehow Ron is making this happen. No, unless you were the one that told Laszlo to bring out your Rolodex of sexual fantasies, which I don't think you did. Let me tell you something. If I was Fez's puppet master, right, he'd be so much fucking funnier. He'd be going for the old Fez jokes instead of uh, the truth bombs that he's dropping now. He's throwing some daggers at me, though, earlier. I don't like he that. He still is kind of glaring at you, but oh, yeah. let's get you, since you're not going on tour, let's get you back in here pretty soon. I'm in, If if but Fez has to agree. Is it okay if I come on? That would be fine. Okay, and you know I'll, what? Then we'll fucking we'll hash this thing out between the two of you. I didn't know that. Is there a thing? Do we Fez have a time. thing? I think you tried to start a thing today, and I refused to fall into your trap. That thing is called you a conversation. To, you trying to trap me was the thing. Trap you? I'm asking about masturbating. All men sit around and talk about masturbating. Don't you find that gay? No. Two guys talking about stroking their cocks together. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, back in here tomorrow. Anybody book tomorrow, Hicks? Uh, no. Well, he's scrambling. Look at him. I know. Now he's having to look up to see what's going on tomorrow. No, there isn't. <laughs> it's just a long time for that answer. Thanks. You're very welcome. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>